Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that always balances on the edge of a steel blade. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one either. But anyway, Tommy T's Chelsea eked out a 2-1 win against an edgy Sheffield United on Sunday with a trade clever, clever. Thank you. Clever. Sorry, edgy. you can save the applause till after I've finished reading it. Uh, uh, where was I? Tommy T's Chelsea eked out a 2-1 win against edgy Sheffield what? United. Shush. <laughs> on Sunday evening with a trademark Jorginho penalty and a Lampard-esque strike sandwiching a Keystone Cops own goal by Tony Rudiger. Pretty it wasn't, but it's hard to deny that a win against United away, even if they are bottom of the league, is three points well won. And Chelsea showed some of some steel of their own to bring the points home. Of course, we'll never know if Frank's Chelsea would have had the game management to see the win out at 2-1, but we do know that Tommy T is getting the luck to go his way, with a penalty to United being denied by VAR, and then VAR overturning Kevin Friend's decision on the Werner penalty. Gotta love VAR, really, haven't we, chaps? Anyway, either way, that's now three wins and a draw for Tommy T in his first four matches, unbeaten and up to fifth. Just a point behind Liverpool, just four behind Leicester and trailing Man United by only six. Top four hopes have been galvanised in under a fortnight. And that paragraph is courtesy of Simon Johnson from The Athletic, whom I stole it from last night because I do things like that. So there you go. Anyway, uh, the Chelsea Fancast number 793, Sheffield Steel. Now, I was very tempted... Uh, and, and because, of course, half of the 50% of the guests on the Chelsea Fancast tonight, who I will introduce in a minute, are too young to get this gag. I'm hopeful that JK might, but I was going to call tonight's episode Making Plans for Tuchel. Oh, it's that's very, very clever because it's um, it's XTC, of course. See, this is why I love old people. You know, <laughs> this is why I love you, JK, because you knew that. I mean, that was brilliant. You're a genius. I can, can I always, say it, I can it, always change the title. Did say again? Why did I you can change, change the title now? No, well, you can have it. it in brackets. Can I have it in brackets? I could do, like? maybe, maybe. Can I just say, is it Sheffield Steel because we stole the game? No, because it, it, we were steely, I felt, and it was in Sheffield, the home oh, of okay. British Steel. I just wondered if there was an equal, you know, another thing. You I just was ruined it totally. I mean, you were brilliant with making plans for Tuchel. I was going cool. to say, because we didn't steal it. I was no, no, say, no, 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 no. Okay. Sheffield Steel, as in S-T-E-E-L. Yeah, I've, got, I've got it. It's where they make, I know, they, that's what they do up there, I know. All right. Anyway, for those who have yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest, you will realise that Jonathan Kidd, as always, is my right-hand man, the uh, the Ernie Wise to my Eric Morecambe, the hinge to my bracket. Very short, fat, hairy legs. The Statler to my Waldorf. At least he gets my, my, you know, esoteric gags. I love him for that. How are you anyway? You all right? Yeah, a bit cold today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm good, thank you. Good, yeah, thank yeah. you very much. Good, good Thanks to see you. Yeah. Always a nice pleasure. To be on the show with with a couple of um, well, of that... people who express themselves very well about the club. It's Let's lovely. get right into that. We've got, of course, uh, it feels like I haven't seen him for ages. I mean, he'll correct me if I'm wrong, but it's the lovely Martin Wickham. Even he doing. I was going to make a joke about being blunt, but there's been enough oh. knife jokes for the evening. <laughs> mate, there'll be loads more of those. The more, the merrier. <laughs> How are you? You well? Uh, I'm good, mate. Yeah, um, lovely. The right side of the snow today, so I can't complain. Uh, we've had no snow in Winchester. I'm Absolutely I, pissed it down here. I'm really disappointed. I was hoping that we'd have some snow, but we haven't had any. Anyway, uh, now, as you know, we always t- try to have four on the Monday show. 
and we've got a debut. Well, yeah, a debut for the Monday show. Uh, we were delighted to have him on one of our Friday preview shows the other week, but uh, and we haven't scared him off. I'm delighted to say. I always kind of wonder at you know the the seven seven o'clock. Is he going to turn up? Has have we upset him? He hasn't experienced the the, the two and a half hours of no. Uh, Tedium, but yeah. do you know what? I was really kind, actually. After Sam last week from, uh, you know, Sam Inkersell from Football London, he did say at the end that he was starving because he hadn't had his dinner. So I actually WhatsApp this young man to say, make sure you eat before you come on because you might find that you faint after two and a half hours of us <laughs> rambling on. Anyway, I'm delighted to say we've got uh, Adam Newson back with us from Football London. Hello, Adam. How are you? Uh, I am good. Thank you very much, guys. Uh, yeah, no, there's been snow here. Not too much. You're in, uh, you're in London too? Uh, outskirts of Watford. Mm. So, um, so yeah, no, it was that's okay. A, that's the north, mate. I'm surprised you haven't got 10-foot <laughs> drifts or something. No, thankfully none of that. Uh, my two-year-old daughter enjoyed it, uh, but I don't I don't like the snow at this point. I'm, I'm very it. much over it. If, and all the time that I lived in London, uh, Londoners would always say, you know, north of Watford was basically Scotland. And, and growing up in Hampshire, in, in Winchester, we always used to say north of Stockbridge was Scotland. And Stockbridge is about 10, 15 miles north of Winchester. So I think they're ev- we're even more parochial down here than ever we were in <laughs> London. Uh, Adam, fantastic uh, to see you, of course. Thank you so much for putting my uh, Jorginho piece up yesterday. And thank God I put the uh, the caveat in there with that paragraph. Otherwise, I would have yeah. been rinsed royally after his performance yesterday in fact i i did actually invoke it to one of my twitter responders uh yesterday who was kind of clearly hadn't read it so i put the entire paragraph on i said i still have doubts about Jorginho. yes indeed i'm sure there are again people yet to be discovered in the amazon rainforest who have got doubts about Jorginho, and we will get on to that no doubt later in the show now uh, on the show tonight we we applaud timo Werner for his performance and we discussed that it's only a matter of time before he starts banging in the goals again. I thought it was a lovely interview uh, by him, actually, uh, on the TV after the game. Anyway, we also discussed another peak mount performance and the two sides of Tony Rudiger. In part two, we discussed the two sides of Jorginho and Kovacic. What a two-sided show it is tonight. Or as I used to have this wonderful colleague that I worked with. I mean, absolutely beautiful girl. I was I was madly in love with her. And she was far too sensible to have anything to do with me. And she was from uh, from Tony Pandy in Wales. She was Welsh. And uh, she always used to say to me, Chidge, Chidge, you've got more faces than the Pandy clock. And apparently the Pandy clock has four faces. So Christ knows what that meant for me. I don't think it was good. Anyway, where was I? Yes, uh, two, fa- two sides of Jorginho and Kovacic, Chelsea's game management under Tuchel and Chelsea's progress towards the top four. And in part three... We've got a bulging post bag again uh, tonight. And JK and myself will read out the email sent in by our faithful listeners this week. And to wrap up in part four, we will preview Thursday night's FA Cup tie away to Barnsley. I'm looking forward to that, I have to say. Now, as ever, don't forget you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you do. Got a few people. Oh, bloody hell, got loads of people in tonight. Goodness gracious me. Uh, just r- rattling off a few. Eddie, uh, well, Mark Meehan, the Eddie Max Blue and White Army. JDR1991, Albert II. Loz, Loz Barnes. Got an email from Loz later. 
Miguelito 77, Andrew Self, English Dan, Daryl Middleditch, love Daryl, CSC Sport, who's I think in here every week. I love him for that. The lovely Claire McConnell. How lovely to see Claire in there. Planet Earth is blue. Chrism or Chris M. Chrism. Chris M23. Yaroslav Blue. Aussie sign my broken left leg. Kurt. Oh my goodness. I can't read them all. There's so many in there. It was really lovely to see you in there. Now, um, don't forget you can always tweet us at Chelsea Fancast or me at Stanford Chidge. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, we're also on there uh, on Instagram and Facebook. So there you go. Now, after this very short break, we'll be talking about the football. go a Sheffield United away um, I mean I will talk about you know the game as a whole I think in, in part two I really want to kick this off uh, with with Timo Werner um, who I do you know I can't even remember I think it was Andy Hinchcliffe who's a very peculiar bloke okay um, he's a good player though yeah decent. yeah well he, I interviewed him I interviewed him a few years back he used to play for City amongst other people uh, and we we interviewed Andy to talk about this amazing goal he scored against Man United. Playing, they beat beat United five one. Must have been about eighty nine ninety. We had Stone Roses as the as the soundtrack. Brilliant waterfall, I think I, I used. And he, and it was a brilliant move right up one end of the pitch to the other. And he bombed down the left wing and he volleyed it in from this brilliant. And we talked to him about that. Now, anyway, he's got this nose that is is like W C Fields, which was rather distracting for me when I was interviewing him. And um, and he spoke really, really quickly, really, really, really quickly. And we kind of took the piss out of it in, in the edit because it was just too funny. But I have to say, I think he's a a, a decent, you know, co-commentator. Actually, he talks more sense than that idiot man, 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 man. But anyway, he, he gave um, he gave Timo man of the match. And I actually, do you know what? Fair play. I thought it was really interesting, as I was saying. I mean, sure, Adam, I mean, it'd be interesting to, if you don't mind, JK, I'm going to ask Adam first because... Adam will probably know what was said in the presser afterwards, which is not on the TV. But I was impressed with Werner on the TV and the interview that he gave. He's clearly a likeable chap. I really hope his confidence is coming back. But it was really interesting what he said about uh, Tuchel playing him as a left 10, as he explained it. Um, So, like, well, it's what we've been kind of saying. It's like an inside forward, not a left winger. Um, And I'm kind of wondering, you know... I wonder if that is, in fact, the way to get the best out of uh, of Werner. People have been kind of saying this for a while, that you know he's not a proper number nine and he's definitely not a left winger. But if you play him slightly inside, you might get the best out of him. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, going back to his time at Leipzig, he was never an out-and-out number nine in that sense. Um, and I think that's probably where there was a bit of misconception when he rocked up at Chelsea that that's what he was going to do. Um because yeah, at Leipzig, he always played as part of a front two usually, or uh, and always played in that sort of left channel where he is now. Um, so in that respect, yeah, I think this is probably going to be the best position for for Werner going forward. 
Uh, I do think he'll probably be best off another another forward as well, which is I was, I was quite keen to see how it went last night with Giroud uh, next to him, but that that, that didn't really work, um, to be honest. Well, shall, shall <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to read you this because you know I, I, I've take I, this is the beauty of sitting on one's fat ass watching the football rather than um, I mean actually it begs the question, isn't it? You know all these. All these kids that we used to deride for doing podcasts and YouTube channels. And, oh, you're sitting in your bloody bedroom. None of you go to the bloody games. What do you bloody know? Well, I'm beginning to realise that actually when I used to go to the game, I was so pissed before that I barely remember what had actually happened anyway. And so pissed afterwards and getting pissed afterwards, I was never in touch with what was going on afterwards on social media or wherever. So maybe I'm a bit better informed than I used to be. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Anyway... I got this from Twitter. This is expected Chelsea. And I think I I, I follow him, actually. He comes up with some really, you know, some crackers occasionally. And I thought this was really pertinent about Oli Giroud. And I don't mean to offend JK here, because I know know he has a lot of man love for Oli Giroud. He was poor poor yesterday. All right, okay. So the offence is taken away immediately. Thank you, JK. Very understanding. Anyway, he says, Oliver Giroud's, Olivier Giroud's link-up play, uh, link up play gets plenty of praise here, but the simple fact is his inability to move renders him almost renders sorry renders almost all of that useless. He congests space for our other attackers, and that makes us easier to defend. Tammy, even if uglier to watch, that's very harsh on Tammy, uh, has the opposite effect. If the team is playing poorly and you need someone to bail you out, Giroud is your guy. If you want to consistently play well and create plenty of chances. You have to look elsewhere at this point. Playing Giroud over a better striker is stupid, even if he goes on to score now. Well, I mean, it was a bit bit harsh in parts, but I kind of, I kind of get what he means. As, as J.K. was saying, I mean, he, mm. he he didn't really do anything. And I do wonder yeah. if Thomas Tuchel expected uh, Sheffield United to sit a lot deeper than they did, and that's why he went with Giroud. Because yeah. if Chelsea were going to dominate the game. And have loads of possession around the Sheffield United box. And yeah, that's a game for Giroud. That's where you're going to get the best out of him. But the fact that Sheffield United played with such a high line and they pressed Chelsea really hard at the pitch and really well, actually, for most of the first half in particular, it basically meant that Giroud was the wrong guy for that sort of game. And it really did show in those 45 minutes because, yeah, he's. I understand that, that post and where it's coming from. And I do agree that Tammy offers probably a bit more in certain respects, and Olivier Giroud, but um, I don't think I would say playing him is stupid. No, it's, it, I felt that was harsh, Jim. Harsh, I, find harsh. I, I thought I so find, too. I, I find so you're too. agreeing agreeing with that actually uh, hurtful. No, I said I said at the time I thought there were elements of that that were harsh. I yeah, agree. But, well, I agree with the gen- It was the wrong wrong situation because he thought absolutely, as, as I presume the team thought the way they played that uh, uh, it was going to be another question of uh, of a team parking the bus and them attempting to somehow get round them I and mean, one of the advantages of having a team play press you like mad mad idiots for for uh, uh, beginning for when from the from the kickoff is it can only do it for about three quarters of an hour until they all get completely exhausted and in the second half they were they were much less um uh, interested in in having three players on every chelsea player which was admirable at the beginning but of course made us look exactly what we are whenever we play against physical teams who presses, which is completely incapable of coherent thought. So consequently, um, the, the complete inability of the team to uh, to deal with it was exactly what happened under Lampard. 
So at least Tuchel found something out about the team, which is the second that you put any pressure on them, they all can't play anymore. Yeah, well, and I, I, found, I, wanna, I want to talk about that when we get to the route. Right, well, the sorry, route, I was the route. to go off on one. Timo, Oli well, Giroud. Yeah, Timo, excuse me, this Timo bollocks. What are we all talking about here? Man of the match. You're all mad. because no, I think he, he... You are all absolutely stark We wouldn't have won that mad. match if it hadn't have been for Werner. Chick, he, it was because he actually managed to run with the ball on two occasions. When he, he Great assist, the ball, and he, he won us the, the penalty. Assist, he wasn't even looking. He kicked. He normally does it. He just kicked you, the ball. You, you're you're as bad as Graham Bloody I'm not Sooners. as bad as anybody. Listen. I'm not as bad as anybody. I'm watching the game, and he is still awful. I will not have any of this. Oh, he's great. He's playing really well. He is not. He is unbelievably poor, and they've got to do something about it. They need a person who puts the ball in the net. Two shots at goal. For goodness sake, what is going on? Finished? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just looking. Yeah, we had we had we had three shots. Three shots on goal. Three. Oh sorry, I apologize. Three, forgive me. We were terrible. It was a terrible, awful, useless display against the bottom sodding club. For God's sake. Everybody started passing. They can't pass when anybody puts pressure on them. Short passes. They come on and they all panic. It was, I kept sitting there thinking, God, what is Tuchel fit other than Mount, who is our saviour at the moment? Mount is phenomenal. Never stops. Brilliant. Ah, Rudiger, it became a kind of, it's like watching, you know, it's the old cliches, sliding around like an idiot. All right, a couple of decent headers. The goal, what what on earth? I, much ah. as I much as I really applaud ah. the idea of going home in about ten minutes because we've done oh, the entire oh. show, Adam would. Adam I'd rather would talk about it later. Actually, Adam would appreciate it, Chidge. I love you having a rant, but uh... no, no, but this Timo love for God's sake. Well, I disagree. Well, all right, all right, all right. We know what you fucking think, oh, Martin. Oh, well, because I'm I got sorry. the F word. Well, I can fucking mute oh, you. Oh, Chidge. Anyway, Martin, I disagree entirely with that. I, I disagree entirely with that. I, I think I think Jonathan's gone from being on the Talksport adverts to the Talksport fucking late night phoning with somebody. I think he's he slept with Adrian <laughs> Durham or something. But I mean, in, in, in <laughs> yeah, all Adrian, seriousness, yeah, all Adrian seriousness, Durham or Andy Goldstein. I do think that actually, it did help. It did help Tuchel playing. Uh, Timo Werner, I almost forgot his name then. In the, I mean, he's been trying. I mean, here's the interesting thing: he's been trying it. He's kind of put him next to Mount, and uh, they've they've had you know the, the tree. I think he's just trying to work out the best way to do it. I think it was interesting that he played Giroud. We were all talking like the other week about whether he might do that or not. And I do think that if 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 Werner is going to have a role, and I think Adam absolutely spot on about his Leipzig days. It's not going to be as the number nine. He's going to have to play somewhere in that kind of triangle of forwards that Tuchel's trying to experiment with. And I do think he plays better there. And I do think he validly got two assists. The penalty was assist and assist. That brilliant cutback to Mason Mount. I don't believe that was an accident. That's the, that was the crap that mm. Sooners came out of last night. Yes, the ball was played back into space, but it relies on someone running in to take to take the ball from there. So there's looked like something that had been worked on so I don't I, I don't think it was a blind pass at all um he, yeah I mean in Leipzig I think was it Paulson was always the number nine and he played off of him so maybe he's still trying to work out who he wants to play as the number nine or I don't know I think um 
the game the previous games he's managed he's managed thus far every team as part of the bus so he maybe expected the bottom team to do it they didn't and they had to solve a different different problem um i think he, i've been saying it for the last week or so in you know the whatsapp chats and all that it's, there are a lot of clean slates at the moment so people are getting a chance to show what they can do I think ironically I now think Giroud may have been better for the Tottenham game but I don't think he was expecting them to sit back as much yeah that's probably true <laughs> yeah yeah I, I well yeah I think I think he might have not read the runes I think Wilder 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 I'm getting all German on him Wilder had a a really good game plan I think he's a good manager actually but as I said, I think this kind of trying to work out what the best formation is. It is still relatively early days. But, I mean, it's some really bizarre statistics here, Adam, that um, that Werner's got the most Premier League assists for Chelsea this season, five. He's now won seven penalties for Chelsea this season. That's more than any other player has won in a single season for Chelsea, which is quite bizarre. Now, I've got a question for you, Adam, because as a journalist, I expect you to know the answer to this. I'm just a stupid person, so I wouldn't know. But what I did notice is that um, for some bizarre reason, and I have no idea why, Werner was standing next to either Chilwell or Mount whenever they took a corner. What on earth was that about? Did you notice that? Uh, I did, and I'm guessing that was because they'd worked on something uh in the week or in the build-up to the game, or actually they didn't have a week, did they? Had two days um, to prepare it, and decided either not to go with it, or it didn't pay off, or whatever. But yeah, no, I thought it was a bit strange. They did it once they did it once, if you remember, and the and Sheffield got the ball and went up the other end of the shot. <laughs> that's true, but they did it a lot. I mean, I I because that's what I couldn't fathom out. Why on earth was he doing that? It seemed che- odd. Chelsea, they've they've done a few shoot a few short corners a few times now. Did Thomas Tuchel, and some of them have worked quite well, and. A couple of them really haven't. Um, but yeah, I imagine that's why they did that. Um, I am going to defend Werner a little bit. Sorry, JK. It's all right. Um, he, can't, he can't touch you. It's virtual, thankfully. He, he, I, he can't even hit you with his guitar. He might sing at you, though. I don't know. It could be worse, really. But uh... Adam, I, I would love to agree with you, whatever you're going to say, but he's supposed to score goals. You know? He is, yes. I, and I I he isn't think, doing that. You know. Yeah, there's no. Sorry. Yeah, it's one in eighteen, and that isn't a great headline for him. We're in um, we're in Rob, we're in Robert Fleck territory. We're in uh, <laughs> we're in um, we're in Chris Sutton territory here. And, Jesus uh, Christ, give him some credit. Fuck no, me. No, no, I won't. I won't. No, it, 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 fucking hell, Chris. Moment, Chris Mark. Sutton turned up hungover at training sessions. Are you telling me he's Werner's <laughs> doing as bad as him? I'm not having that. Sorry. I think I'll tell you what he <laughs> I'm is. Just going in. on what happens on the pitch. I don't I know think what's he, happening. I think he's I think he's in Torres territory at the moment. All right. Well, I think if I it think... carries on further, then we'll be able to allow. You know, it'll be Alan Mays, and then we, we, ha- we haven't got to Maratta yet, so it's not that bad. No, no, yeah, it's true. Then well, look, maybe... sorry, Adam. I will. I will let you come come, right. come back in a minute. But I. I mean, the 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 weird thing about. I mean, you know, these comparisons. Yeah, fine, whatever. But the reality is, is that Werner, unlike uh, Chris Sutton, Robert Fleck, and Torres particularly, did score you know, eight goals in 12 games at the start of the season. So, we, you know, Torres, I remember, I mean, Christ on a bike, how Torres got as much love from us as he did. And he did. We were all there. Everybody loved him. They were willing him to score. And he couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. Everywhere apart from the East Middle, obviously, JK. But, you. you know, when when he scored that goal against West Ham in the rain, only because the ball stuck in the bloody puddle... <laughs> 
the whole place erupted. I, I, there were people selling shirts saying I was there when Torres scored. So, you know, it's very different, I think, for Werner. At least he, he's found the, the onion bag a few times. Anyway, Adam, sorry, go on and please, please no, answer no, the question. Fine. And I'm not going to start this fire, but I would probably defend Torres a little bit as well. Uh, but that's for another day. Uh, what I would say about Werner is, that, yeah, I think his, there's no doubt his confidence is uh, not where it needs to be, really, to be scoring regularly. I don't think, like we've said, I don't think Thomas Tuchel has found just yet exactly how to bring the best out of him. But I do think he's, you know, as as we've said, you know, he did create the goal, the first goal, and he did win the penalty. And if he's not going to be scoring goals, which is not ideal, at least he's influencing games in other ways. And there are other players in this Chelsea team who can do that. But uh, I wouldn't, that's why I wouldn't be too harsh on him, because at least he's having an impact. Because I think we've all seen the strikers, and I know Morata was just mentioned, obviously Morata's confidence absolutely deserted him entirely, and he just wasn't doing anything. And he when flounced he was off. Uh, whereas at least Werner's having impacts on games. He's having moments in games, um, which, you know, when you spend 50 million quid on a striker, you want more than just moments. But at least he's doing something to impact games at the moment. And hopefully, I think, and I think it's Tuchel said yesterday, you know, if he keeps doing the, the good thing, is the goals will come eventually. So, Do you think they will, Adam? Do you think they will? Yeah, I think they will eventually. His record's too good and he's young enough that he's not like Torres. I don't think he's on the on the on the start of a decline or anything like that. I do think it's just he's in a new country, he's in a new league. Chelsea, I, I would maintain to the Luna face. I don't think Chelsea expected to sign Timo Werner in the summer. That they did was circumstance allowed them to, and that he they've basically gone right try and work it out, mate. Uh, yeah. First to Frank, uh, and he couldn't. He didn't really do it. And now they're going to Thomas Tuchel, right, we've got this guy, we need you to find a way to get him scoring. And well, I think Tuchel will eventually. Yeah, I think the way to get him scoring is to, well, number one is to, is to as I said, I think playing in this kind of triangle, you know, Mount, uh, Werner and a striker, I think if they play Tammy there, that's the way to yeah. do it. Because I think I think we, we, we had a show called TNT in their honour because I think they play really well <laughs> together. But the other thing that has to happen, Martin, something that's really beginning to grind my gears is this irritating habit that they have of, you know, part, it, it's always one too many passes or a pass at the last minute, you know, when, when they could shoot, you know. There's only one person in the team that shooting should be banned for, and that is Kovacic, because he genuinely couldn't hit a cow's ass with a banjo. But, I mean, everybody else... Fucking shoot, have a go. I mean, God, you know, they were all the time. It's that fine, you know, they get into a good position and they pass it. So, if they keep doing that, nobody's going to bloody score, Martin. Yeah, they're starting to be a little bit more direct now, I've noticed, which is good. I completely agree with you. Kovacic should be barred from shooting. <laughs> Never Fuck let my... him shoot ever uh, again, please. No, he scored two goals last season and both times, like, oh, for fuck's sake, don't shoot when he crashed it in the top <laughs> corner. Fucking full moon out that night or something, and it went in. But ordinarily, you know, if you're in Rose Ed Duck, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, he's I've noticed a little bit more play. We seem to do a little less sideways passing down the midfield as well. One thing I will give Kovacic credit for is that he's starting to be a bit more um, direct in going forward rather than you know waiting for someone to pass to. He's just trying to gonna try and you know beat a man himself and get forward. Um, I think it will come. I think they're still trying to work out the yeah. best solution yeah. for each game. Um, we've noticed subtle differences 
in each game. I think he changed the formation slightly um, for Sheffield United. And I think moving to a back three is key as well, because even though we haven't been blitzing teams, we've been winning by the odd goal and looking a lot more solid defensively, which, I, which Rudiger's brain fart apart, I did not expect in the slightest because we were so yeah. weak in that sense in the past they're so much better organized that's true now um one person who should who should always shoot i think on site actually is is jk's favorite chelsea player at the moment which is the i mean timo Werner. no not not <laughs> definitely not timo Werner, and very possibly not antonio rudiger uh but very definitely mason mount and 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 i this is something that that I mean, you know, J.K. and I both love him hugely. I mean, J.K., it was a superb goal. Lampard-esque, wasn't it? I mean, running into that space, creeping in and putting away a beautiful shot. I think they pointed it out on uh, on Sky that he'd been in the same position before running into that position. And he hit the... Uh, there was a, a very good block on him. But yeah, yeah, they did. They did point... I think it was match of the day pointed out as well. Match of the day, was it right? Yeah. yeah. So he literally made an identical run. Yeah. And he just... I think genius who pointed it out, so... I stopped clock. Jesus, the look on Gigi's face there. A stopped clock tells the right time twice a day. <laughs> Sorry, JK, go on, mate. No, it's, it's cool. I, I, but I, I, no, I, I think it's, it's like a journey of adventure for Tuchel for me. And, um, uh, you know, so the question of being able to pencil in um, who are certain selections, you know, and I think that uh, um, he's experimenting with several of the others. Or uh, I, I'd be intrigued. Because I actually think he got the selection. I think he would. I don't. Not convinced he would have actually played um, the three at the back uh, if he'd known that they were going to be just pressing non-stop. I think he would have tried to to choose a different side um, or just a different series of tactics. But uh, um, it's pretty obvious that obviously Mount selects himself because he's just uh, streets ahead of everybody else. It's just a question then of finding out who what other permutations. I think Kovacic, as we've been saying, is really come on leaps and bounds playing in this role. It's his ability, as you were saying, Martin, to to actually bring the ball out of defence by doggedly beating two or three players. And he then finds himself in a really good um, uh, empty space in midfield. But it's finding options on the right or left as well. So he he knows that someone's going to come up the right-hand side. My my, my despair about which we were talking about is that they seem to be obsessed with getting the ball to... um, somebody on the wing even if they're in a better position themselves to have a go they they'll i mean mount himself did it a couple of times he wanders into the box and he's looking whether this is default whether this seemed to be a frank problem as well he, whether they he, they immediately look for reese james coming um, uh, on the overlap and uh, and play it there even though actually probably just a shot at goal would have unsighted the goalkeeper or at least would have goalkeeper would have had to have of if if it hits somebody, it's going to be difficult for him. Or if he's not going to see it properly, he's going to palm it out into the into the path of someone else. And it, we're still suffering from that. That almost that whether I, I don't even think that's Frank. I think that's Sarri. I think that's something ingrained in their DNA, which is somehow you just get the ball out to the winger as much as possible. But I think that the major problem we've got is it's Kovacic can't shoot. I mean, Jorginho can't shoot. You've got the other midfielder can't shoot at all. He can't, well, he can, but he, he well, whenever he does, you, you, similarly, you'd think, oh my God, this is going to go 25 yards over the bar. Who, who um, do you think the shooters are? Well, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 that's my complete fear. Who were not, what on earth? Well, I think, but, you know, Mount, Mount can, although he's, he's, his radar's off, been off. He was off, his radar was off the other day. Werner can. Werner's got a shot on him. 
And in fact, James, Bruno, has got, James has got a shot on him, but there aren't no, many. I, oh, Hudson Odoi, he can no, shoot. No, no, but Odoi didn't play for the first. No, half. but there aren't many, are there? That's the no, point. There aren't. There aren't. Oh, there aren't. And it's and it's and and you know, I'm 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 slightly unfair on Werner. I do agree completely. He does he does contribute uh, in a way that none of these other players I mentioned did. I just I'm despairing the fact he hasn't scored. But he has had a couple of really good blocks on him, really yeah. terrific blocks on him, and I think that's something that must differentiate the Bundesliga to the Premier League is that they, some of the defenders are absolutely spot on with the blocks, you know. Um, so, uh, but no, I, but this is, I think this is a huge dilemma that Tuchel will be looking at is that, that people just cannot shoot. Yeah. And, and it, it's, you look days, at any of the yeah. other sides, you know, City have got Foden, fantastic shoot, shooting, brilliant display by Foden at the weekend. Um, what's his face? The uh, um, Gundogan. Yeah, brilliant, completely. They're curling in from everywhere, yeah, nice. you know. So you're going to get a fantastic goal. The only the other player we've got who shoots brilliantly is Alonso. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, for this sake, you know, and he only. So maybe half. maybe it's not quite as bad as we'd like to think, but clearly there are radars also... out at the, at the moment. Adam, here's a question for you, yeah. really about Mount. I mean, you know, basically he's now played three games in. I mean, I don't really know what what role you would call it, but it, it's it's in is as one of the two behind the striker. Um, and my question to you, as a man who's a bit more in the know than we are, is: Do you think he's locked his place down there? Because I was worried a few a few shows ago about the potential competition there. You've got Havertz as a potential player in that position. You've got Ziyech, a potential player in that position. Now, clearly, right now they are, and Pulisic, of course, you could argue too, and even Hudson Odoi in some respects. So there's a a lot of competition for those places. And if Werner's going to nail down one of them, because Tuchel needs to get him scoring. Um, I, I can't see how you can leave Mount out. He's he's our best player by a country mile. And I mean, here's another thing. I'm, I didn't say this earlier on when we were talking about Mount. It's not just what he does up front. Jorginho lost the ball, got not caught, caught high up the pitch in possession. Mount ran yeah. 60 yards back and tackled yeah. the bloke. Yeah. So he's doing that as well. I mean, he, he's got to have had that place locked down. But of course, that now creates a problem for Havertz and Ziyech and anybody else, does it not? It does. And uh, I, I say I love Mason. I think he's brilliant. I think he does so many things so well. Uh, yeah, I was on the show uh, the last time we talked go. about it. And yeah. I told you that I told you it'd be all right. I it told did. you it'd be all right. You have little uh, faith, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't think he's a lock in the sense of he'll play every week because I just don't think that's what Tuchel is going to do no matter what. Um, I think he'll probably be in favour going forward when when you, if you wanted to put out a strongest Chelsea side, I think Mount's in there somewhere his versatility is such a huge benefit to him yeah and I think you know you, you touched upon it there against Burnley he played on the right of that three against uh, against Tottenham he was basically playing as a false nine with Hudson-Odoi and Werner splitting out to the sides and against uh, Sheffield United last night he was playing more as a 10 behind uh, Giroud and, and sort of Werner was on that left flank so I mean actually, I actually think... Adam that's a good point they were actually playing three four one two against Sheffield United, not three four two one like they have been. And Mount was, as you said, he was behind the two. So I should correct myself there, really. But this is just touches them, doesn't it? Mason Mount is brilliant because he can be brilliant so many positions in this team. Or he can play, he, he hasn't been used in one of the deeper midfield roles, but we know he could probably do that very effectively as well. So I don't think he's a lock in the sense of, yeah, he's guaranteed to start every week. But I do think if Thomas Sickle, at this point, obviously we're four games in, but at this point, if he was told, you know, you've got to pick your strongest side for this one, I do think Mason would be in there just because he does bring so much to this team and does so much that not not everyone can or does. 
I do hope so. He's a fantastic player. Um, now, uh, I'm not a massive fan of Antonio Rudiger, but I have to say one of the things I really like about Tommy Tuchel is that, as we were saying, I think, last week, that he's looked at the players that he's got. And I think this is what really good managers do, actually. They they look at what they've got, and then they play those players in their best positions in order to get the best out of them. Um, Rudiger's looked awful in a back four for us on many, many, many occasions, as has Christensen, for that matter. Um but actually, I think he, I think he can make a good fist of, of being uh, the left centre back, and I think he has been. Funnily enough, I think I, I, I don't think I've mentioned him anywhere else really. But I think Christensen, against my yeah. better judgment, yeah. is also looking very good as a central, as the centre of the three uh, centre backs. So fair play to Tuchel and fair play to them. But I have to say, and right before I do this, strap in everybody, get your seatbelts on. Have you read the uh, the in-flight manual about what to do in case of emergency? Because I'm going to ask JK this question first. Well, he might have got it out of his system. I have to say, JK, can you please explain to me that Keystone Cops' awful, awful, awful own goal? That's the worst own goal I've seen since Spurs put one past their keeper when we played them at the bridge. Remember that? It's Trippier, wasn't it? Trippier, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, it was very similar. Um I don't know. I don't know how you. What, how do you you describe it? Just complete incompetence. What do you do? Do you do you? I mean, I don't think he can have been looking at Mendy because if he'd looked at Mendy, he'd have seen he, he was coming out for the ball, and he just thought he was going to be staying on his line. But when does a goalkeeper normally stay on his line like that? He doesn't. So he just. Well, if he'd have done nothing, Mendy could have booted that into Kingdom Come. He, well, even he could have then booted it for a corner or a goal kick. There were lots of things that went on. Um, um, it, 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 it just it, it, it's, it's the, the difference is, is that we're talking about an, an elite squad which we're attempting to get if you've got players in your team who are going to do that kind of thing um, I mean having said that though um, um, Silver missed the ball didn't he against West Brom second game in, he missed it completely mm. so you've got to forgive mistakes I suppose and Alisson they're all human dreadful they're all human but at the same time um I'd rather they didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I, I think we can all agree with you on that one. Yeah, please, please don't do it again, fuck <laughs> sake. <laughs> Steve, Steve Moa, who we love to pieces. Hello, Steve. Hope you're well, mate. Um, I think he sums it up perfectly. He says it was a brain fart, and I have to say, I am, I am a man prone to many. I'm, I have a very flatulent brain. That's all I can say. Martin, <laughs> I think in the in in, in, in you know to be fair. Uh, and I mean, actually, Tuchel did say afterwards that it was a communication stroke concentration issue, and it does happen. But I have to say, Rudiger did react very, very well to that. He, I thought, actually, second half when we were under the cosh a bit, he played really, really well, put some great blocks, did some great defending. And a lesser, less experienced player might have completely gone to pieces after a howl like that, but he didn't, did he? Yeah, um, he did play like he knew he had massively cocked up and had to make up for it. So um, you can't fault him for that. I just. The one thing I would say from that error was if even if he thought someone was behind him and he didn't think Mendy was going to get there, just lump it out of play. Yeah, it's, I know. It was inexplicable. And I mean, if he'd done that, had that sequence of playing 99 times out of 100, he'd have just cleared it. And this was just for whatever reason, he decided, right, I'm just going to play it back. Didn't see Mendy. Pretty good finish, actually, I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> maybe 
maybe if, if you know, maybe, I hope Ver- yeah. yeah, I hope Werner was watching. Yeah, that. yeah, give, give, give a few lessons to Werner. That's Although Trippier's won a couple of years ago was from Werner. Well, it was, wasn't it? I mean, and from far, and far, far, far. I still far. say, you know, I mean, it's a shame we don't do our, uh, uh, what do we always to call them? What was it? I can't even remember now. <laughs> Brain fart. <laughs> oh, I know, there you go. Well, we, we used to have Man of the Match. Chant of the match. Oh, was it Guinness and celery? Celery. And... Yeah. That would have been a celery moment, wouldn't it? You know, that 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 Trippier goal's got to be one of the all-time. We didn't, we weren't doing it in those days, but it would have been one of the all-time celery moments for pure comedic value. Uh, well, I hope we've been comedic uh, this uh, part. We're going to move to part two now. But before we do that, uh, a quick shout out to the wonderful CFC UK fanzine. Uh, which I'm afraid you cannot get on a match day. No, because we're not there. But don't worry, you can still get it uh, digitally. And I, I really urge you to do so. Um, you know, DJ's been hit hard by the, you know, because it's harder to sell it when it's when it's online and stuff. So, you know, you still can get a hard copy. You just have to email him at cfcukgate at gate17.co.uk and you get a, a nice shiny glossy copy for a couple of quid, which includes first class postal delivery. Uh, you can also get it on something called the Match Day dig- Digital app, and you can get it digitally as well uh, at cfcuk.net. Now, Adam, do you read CFCUK? Uh, I have done when I was going to games regularly, yeah. Obviously, yeah. I haven't at the moment because we're not going. No. Well, well get it online. Get it online. More accurately, yes. Email more. DJ and get your own personal copy. What What do you think of it? It's quite interesting to ask somebody who is a journalist, but you know, also a supporter. I think, you know, anything like this is really important because... You know, we, us journalists, we have our own uh, pressures on us to, to do, report certain things in the sense of not an agenda, not saying that, but, you know, there are stories that we have to cover, whereas the fan side of it is probably a bit more uh, flexible in terms of what the sort of talking points are at certain times. Um, and, yeah, I think sort of any sort of fan opinions are worthwhile listening to, so... Yeah, no, it's it's well worth reading, and so I haven't I haven't managed to get it because obviously they haven't been there. But uh, but yes, I should I email, should get on the email. the digital version. I, I, I will I will yes I will get on the case and get DJ to send you a copy. You'll be in good company. Henry Winter gets it. John Cross, okay. uh, Tony Banks, a lot of the journos get get copies sent. You'll be surprised who gets copies sent to them. All the players get them. So DJ often tells us not to be read about the players. Uh, it's true it's a true story um but there's some great writers in there i, I exclude myself uh, for modesty obviously but i mean walter otten mark worrell tim rolls kelvin barker a lot of people uh, dean clayton they've all written some really good chelsea books so the quality of the writing in there is is you know for a fanzine is superb anyway i'm going to stop blowing my own and everybody else's trumpet on cfc uk we're going to go to a break and then we're going to come back and I'm going to let let JK at you all again because we're going to start with Jorginho. Yes. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge. Him down him down there is Mr Jonathan Kidd. He's got a beanie hat on. He's looking really cold, mate. Are you all right? 
I'm freezing. I don't know why. I've got the heating on and God, everything. Man. I hope you're right. Cold of in spirit, Judge. That's what it is. Yeah, it's good to see you, though. We'll hopefully warm you up tonight, JK. Thank you very much. Do you like my soul patch? Is that what it is? Yeah, look. It's good, actually. Grew. That suits you, man. Suits you. I think I agree that. I'm, Can't I'm, you grow I'm, a full one or something? I don't, I don't want to. No, I don't I'm, want I'm to. Just, I'm just after growing that. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, enough about facial hair. Yeah. Uh, Martin Martin Wickham sports no facial hair. He looks. Ah, uh, so it takes me about three weeks to grow anything halfway yeah. decent, so I don't bother. There you go. But it's always nice to see you, Martin. Always nice. Thank to you. See Cheers. You. It would be much nicer to see you in our natural habitat, which is in the pub before and after the game. I have to say, Mike, I am really beginning to miss that. It's beginning to wear a bit thin for me. Go yeah, ahead. it's getting on, it's getting on a year now, isn't it? Oh, so, um, yeah, I mean, we're yeah. getting there slowly. I think we're back. Hopefully next season, but it is still a bit of a pain well, in the ass. I hope I see you for beer, a beer before that. But anyway, good to see you in here, nevertheless. And last but by no means least, uh, we've got uh, the wonderful Adam Newson, who of course is the Chelsea correspondent for Football London, a fine uh, source of uh, Chelsea-oriented. Well, obviously every London club, but Chelsea writing in particular. But of course, Adam is also a Chelsea supporter, so you might you might like you know be a bit kind of well, he's a journalist, you know, don't like journalists. Well. Adam supports Chelsea and go, used to go to the games before he was a journalist. So I'll have none of that talk here. Adam, how are you, mate? Good to see you. Yes, no, good. I did indeed. I think my first game was when Gianfranco Zola scored his uh, only hat-trick for Chelsea. It was Whoa. my first ever game. Wow, that's amazing. So, um, yeah, no, he, uh, he did a lot to convert me, really, at that yeah, point, because yeah. I was very much, I think I was maybe six or seven. Wow. Who were you, um, who were you thinking of supporting at the time, Adam? Tell us. Um, I genuinely... So how I became a Chelsea supporter is slightly strange is that all the kids in my primary school supported Manchester United and Liverpool Mm. because they were were obviously the sort of dominant teams at the time. And I this is like six year old me was like I don't really want to support the best team because that's kind of boring. Uh, So I think I remember looking at a league table and Chelsea was sort of sixth or seventh at the time. And I was like, yeah, yeah, they're, they're not they're not terrible. They're not the best. So I'll just go with them. Um, and little did I know that in the next sort of 25 years, uh, Chelsea would become one of the most dominant teams in the country. So uh, there we go. Timing is everything, Adam. Indeed, yeah. yeah. The first season, I was the first season ended with the FA Cup win. Uh, Robbie Dimitari's goal was one of my wow. earliest memories. Huh? What a superb season to start. One of my prized possessions is a signed Janko, a Janko, Gianfranco Zola shirt. Which I, I, it, yeah. it's the only one I've actually had professionally framed, and I it's, it's so bloody heavy. I've got a, I've got one spot up on my wall to put it in, and I and it, it's and it's kind of above the stairs, so I've got to figure out how to get a ladder. <laughs> which is why it hasn't I've, gone. I'm up. the same. I've got a framed Zola. Um, Have you? Yeah, and it's at the moment just amongst all the other Chelsea pictures that's lying against the wall. I've got. No I will. Uh, I will say, in my previous uh, job, I covered Watford for a couple of years, and I was around when Gianfranco was around at Watford. Oh right, yeah. Uh, and I got to speak to him quite regularly. Um, and as in my Twitter bio, it says uh, he opened, he owns or part owns an ice cream shop in Balham, I think it is. How Italian. Uh, and, I, and I went down there to interview him. Uh, about his time at Watford and it was just me and him at one point sitting there on a stool both eating an ice cream talking about just talking football and stuff and it was it's generally one of my favorite memories uh, especially from Brilliant. my journey career. I, I, I never I never met uh, I mean actually I regret that I've, I've never met Gianfranco and I've never met Viali. I, I would I would do anything to sit down and have a chat with uh, with uh, Gianluca 
because I just loved him. Anyway, we could talk about this. Actually, this would be much more interesting than talking about the Sheffield United game, <laughs> to be honest. But uh, duty, duty calls, I'm afraid. But Adam, no, that's really interesting, actually. I didn't know that. So that's good good to hear that. But uh, yeah, fine fine work you're doing on the old football.london. Now, um, ha, it's quite, quite serendipitous, really, because, of course, I, I bunged Adam my latest piece for Football London, which was a bit of a reappraisal about Jorginho and the fact that, uh, you know, Luck has more to do with stuff than ability, I think, you know, because and I, I think the, the the key point of the article that I made, I don't know if this came out, maybe Adam can tell me, but it's a bit like a sliding doors moment. If Billy Gilmore doesn't get injured against Crystal Palace, then Jorginho doesn't come on, doesn't lock down the game because actually he did a really good. Well, I remember after the, after that game, we talked about it on the show saying, actually, do you know what? He did what it was needed because we were all over the place. We were 3-1 up. Palace got a goal. It was, you know, they looked like they, they could claw a draw out of that or even worse. He came down and he calmed it all down just by keeping possession because he did what he's really, really good at. Gilmore gets injured. Instead of being longed off in the summer, Jorginho stays. And here we are. He still he survived Frank. Uh, he didn't go He didn't go uh, after, you know, when Sarri left. And then, see, the other thing, of course, Sarri gets, gets the tin tack from... Uh, from Juventus, so he didn't have a job, so nobody would, you know, I think this this guy's a lucky guy, you know, but when I, we called it quite Lazarus-like, didn't we, that he keeps kind of bouncing back, and I mean, you know, to be fair to him, he looked pretty decent uh, in the Wolves match and the Burnley match, and, and indeed the Spurs match, actually, but of course, that's what he does, he does well when a team doesn't press you, and that was also a point I made in the article, that I did wonder whether uh, as soon as we play anybody who pinpoints him, as teams have done in the past, who gives him no time and no space, or who just quickly tries to bypass him because he has no pace, then we're going to be in trouble. And, you know, I, I send the boys my notes, the notes that I write during the game, because, of course, as we know, I'm now sitting on my fat ass rather than gate 17. And these these were the almost amongst the first three or four things I wrote down. Jorginho fails to tackle from the corner... Break uh, Sheffield United breakout and Mount great recovery tackle having run six. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned that. Another poor tackle from Jorginho in midfield leads to Christensen giving away a free kick. Jorginho caught in possession again. Chidge. Yes. Uh, my notes are Jorginho for fuck's sake. Ah. <laughs> I, I, I thought I thought that was the original ed, the original version and Chidge just edited them slightly. Edited himself. Because I remember look those exact same three points. I remember yes. shouting yes. well. Trying yes. not to shout for fuck's sake a lot, but yes. especially on the poor tackle where he's just not even made an attempt getting caught in possession. It is just all he really is a horses for courses player. It well, is. somebody, I think it was somebody on Twitter, which I, I don't, you know, I do try and ignore a lot, but it was a really good way of putting it, actually. They, they called him a system player, Adam. And in a sense, I think that's, that's a pretty accurate description. If you play mm. him in the right system, um, and as Martin was saying, horses for courses, as has been proved in the last few games, i.e. teams that will sit back and give you possession, because this is the great fallacy about possession-based stats. You know, if a, if a team chooses to hand you possession and sit deep so they can hit you on the break, I'm afraid 673 passes in a game usually sideways or backwards is not really that important. Anyway, I'm going off on a JKS rant here. But the, <laughs> the point is is that, you know, you were saying this earlier as well, actually, Adam, weren't you? And I, and I made a note of this too. I thought Wilder did a good job because they, 
They denied us space. They got in our faces. They gave us no time on the ball. Um, and and that and that, you know that really doesn't suit Jorginho at all, mm. does it? No, it doesn't. And yeah, I think that's why Chelsea was so poor in that first half, particularly because you know Sheffield United pushed their their forward players so high that it ended up being the back three: Kovacic, Jorginho and about six Sheffield United players. And they sort of basically said to Chelsea, we'll try and play out here. You've got the wing-backs. If you want to try and get the ball to them, fine. But you're not going to play through the middle. And yeah, Chelsea didn't have an answer to it for a lot of that first half. And I, the, the, yeah, Jorginho. Um, <laughs> yeah, like he is a system player. In games where Chelsea dominate the ball, in games that Chelsea have complete control of the game, Jorginho can bring a lot to it. And just in terms of keeping the ball, and in terms of helping Chelsea recycle it, he does a lot of good in those games. But in games like last night, he does look like a weak link. He doesn't have the physicality to be able to, A, stop attacks, as you've mentioned. You know, he, he is pretty bad trying to win the ball back uh, against someone else. Um, and he doesn't have the physicality in the sense of, you know, when Chelsea are trying to create passing angles, you need someone who's going to be able to be, physicality is the wrong word, mobile. He's not He's not got the mobility to get across the pitch to open up passing angles for Chelsea's defenders sometimes. He sort of just stays put and then that creates problem because the opposition usually have closed off the avenue to him and, and then there's no route for, for that ball. So, yeah, that's why, you know, Billy Gilmore, I don't want this to become constantly Billy Gilmore and Jorginho in, in a battle to the death which one should start um but i do think billy gilmore has the mobility that Jorginho doesn't have but the same football brain um and i guess the only thing that's holding him back at this point is he's young and maybe doesn't have the experience or or sort of you know back catalog well, that Jorginho does Tuchel's worried about you know he said he doesn't think he's big enough has, yeah, he, never, he, has he never been to glasgow Tuchel? I mean, in Glasgow, I'll, I'll mate, there's not. loads and loads of very short people who'll stick the nut on you as soon as look at you. Try and tell them they're not big enough. I think, yeah. Am I right? That... Am I right? I mean, I've been to Glasgow once, I think, so I'm not going to be the judge on, on, on the I love Glasgow. It's a great place. Can we, can we work out what benefits Jorginho's got? Because we've just, we've just given a list of, of, of ineptitude. Can we I find think... out what... Because I, I personally, I think he... In a system when there is nobody attacking, we've discussed it. He is like a, a um, uh, he's the ball player. He's the uh, um, he's the provider. He can play very good passes indeed, but he needs space and time. Mm. And I'm, for me at the moment, I hope what's happening is that Tuchel is looking at that and going, ah, I hadn't realised that he was so inept in this environment, because uh, otherwise, if we see him reappear and, he, and exactly the same thing happens. Um, that's that's a weak, completely weak link. So uh, it's almost to me as if he's 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 got into the team um, as we've said because of a certain a, a certain series of tactics. But against other sides, the better sides, he will be found out as he has been every time he's played for us. But this this isn't a, as you so as you so emphatically put it, J.K. Earlier on, this was not against one of the in quotation marks better sides. Indeed. Indeed. In fact, let's, as I said, the bottom team. Indeed. So, so despite the bottom team um, pressing us, surely we are elite and good enough to be able to deal with it. The fact that we couldn't deal with it and the fact that Tuchel is watching them not deal with it, you hope the next time in a situation he will have a different side. 
or we'll have different tactics to deal with it because that side could not deal with that that form of pressing. I I, I mean, you know, it's very easy to stick the finger at uh, uh, point the finger at Jorginho and I, I think it's just it's, one of them no I'm, I'm not I'm well no 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 no. I'm not criticising you I'm kind of criticising myself for really doing that I mean I, I do think he, he had a poor game and I, I, I do think again you know given those circumstances he was found out but I actually I think we're doing actually what we're really doing is doing uh, Chris Wilder I'm def- desperately want to call him Billy Wilder JK anyway Chris Wilder because you're such a theatrical I'm, I'm such a lovey at heart really yeah, you know but anyway, it's why you forgive me for being so horrible to you half the time because I, I, I give you a quick kind of sweetener with a, a Billy Wilder reference. Anyway, stop it. The point is, is that Chris Wilder, I think we should we shouldn't be doing him a disservice because it wasn't just Jorginho that he pinpointed. I thought they were really good at stopping the ball getting to the wing backs, wing backs as well as pressing Jorginho and Kovacic, and and, and they pressed really high and energetically. And they also defended the flanks too. So any every time one of the wing backs did have a chance to break, they def, they defended really really well. Wilder is a good manager. Can I just ask you what is the tactic required to stop this? Then that others go seem- over the top. Other, indeed, did we do that? Did we have any once or twice, but not enough? Well, yeah. But not enough. Or, so, therefore, what is going on in the Well, there's no point going over the top and getting a giraffe, you know, that's like 732 to run after it, as in Giroud. Yeah, but, but it it's perfect, perfect for Werner. It takes the pressure off them. Well, not if, and, not and if so it's an aimless ball that's not one in that, the air and comes back no, no, at you. To some extent, I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, but it still stops the ridiculousness of even doing that thing of attempting to play out. What the fuck were they doing? Attempting to play well, here's, out. Here's something with, interesting. With, with, with three people pressing. All right, JK, I, I'm going to answer the question. What is that? Well, here's the thing. I bet you anything you like, had Thiago Silva been fit and playing, you would have seen some suit. I mean, calling it a long, Very long, long ball. I agree well, with you. No, I agree. Calling it a long ball would have been a pinpoint passes. He's yeah. very good at that. And yeah. Christensen didn't do that enough. And perhaps that's understandable. He's feeling his way back into the side. Rudiger couldn't, you know, Rudiger's long balls are exactly that. They're redolent of a 1977 centre back. Yeah, no, occasionally he can, he can hit a player, Rudiger. He can occasionally. He can occasionally. What, what, with, a, with a football, you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do think um, Chelsea, yeah. You, you look at the very best sides who do that building out from the back. You sort of, I mean, the very, very best side, you know, Pep's Barcelona, even Sarri's Napoli were very, very good at this. Uh, not to, I to, didn't. I didn't watch Napoli. Adam, sorry. But it's, it's, it's the rotation of the midfielders in, and it's is different in a back uh, when Chelsea are playing a back three. But it's the rotation of those centre midfielders to one to drop in to drag. And I don't want to get yeah too technical. No, no do, but, do do please please. It's great. It's great. We, we it's, need to learn, Adam. We need to learn. Yeah, we're just we're like. <laughs> but those, ve- but those very best. Those very best sides that build out from the back. There's rotation in the midfielders. One drop in to drag somebody in, then they'll go out, and the other one will come in, and then you've got the pass on, and then you get that pass out, and then it goes from there. Chelsea don't really do that at the moment, and I think that maybe is down to the Kovacic-Jorginho partnership. Um, they do some things well. They do some other things not very well. Um, and I don't think there's that understanding between them or structure in place just yet. I think Tuchel can get there, uh, where Chelsea will try and play out from the back and there will actually be options to do so even if they are being pressed high because that structure will be much more well drilled. I do think we should remember, and I was guilty of doing this earlier, 
he hasn't even been there two weeks, Thomas Tuchel. It feels seems like, like a lifetime ages. already, Adam. <laughs> exactly. It seems like he's been there ages. He's only, he's been there less than two weeks. He was officially confirmed two weeks tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. In that respect, he's done pretty well. I <laughs> so think so. Far. No. Uh, with minimal time on the actual training pitch just because of the games and then the recovery and then the preparation for the next game. I don't think he's had a load of time to really say, right, this is my structure. We are going to make sure we know this inside out. I don't think that's happened yet, no, which I... is why Chelsea haven't been necessarily brilliant. They've been well, effective so far it... and they're getting wins. You're right. Early, early day. I thought something that, that Tuchel said, actually, uh, you know, after the match, Martin, was really... Again, this is another indicator. I mean, you know, Adam's probably been in presses with him and has seen this firsthand. But I, I have to say, I am, I am impressed by, and you know, I mean, of course he should do this. He's a bloody coach, but I'm, I'm impressed with the fact that he articulates what he sees on the pitch that is not going right. He doesn't give just kind of like you know vague, esoteric, weird answers that make him look <laughs> clever. He actually calls it as he sees it, and he actually said, Martin, about really. Uh, uh, Jorginho and Kovacic that that we played back too much to escape the pressure there were not enough balls going forward and I think that bears out what Adam was saying is that they need to learn how to you know pass forward to get themselves out of trouble rather than freaking out and making the simple pass and that's exactly what Jorginho and Kovacic do isn't it Martin yeah I mean old habits die hard I mean I said earlier you did see Kovacic trying to break forward on his own a little bit more. You're not going to see Jorginho do that. I think Tuchel will learn about being too honest impressors soon because his words will get misinterpreted. But that's for that's for an, that's for another time. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Thomas Tuchel is one of the most interesting people to listen to in a press conference. Uh, I say people, one of the most interesting head coaches. There was a question in the written section last uh, before Spurs when he was asked about something and he gave an answer that lasted a good two minutes. And it was one of the most in-depth answers I think I've ever heard from a football head coach or manager. Uh, like the, the detail of it really, really impressed me. And I just sort of was sitting there going, God, this guy, bloody hell, he knows what he's talking about. Mm. <laughs> yeah, which there's, is, there's, which there's, he there's do. Oh, absolutely. But there's going to be some journalists who like that. And then there's going to be some who are going to like foreign man using long words. And <laughs> go on, name names, Martin. Name names. <laughs> oh, no. I, I think actually half of them blocked me. So fuck it. Anyone who. <laughs> anyone, Anyone who works for the Sun, you know, Johnny Foreigners coming in and taking our Frank's job and all this. I mean, I like Henry Winter. Do you Winter, think there's but... any of that going on? I, there's massive xenophobia really? in there. It's really? got to be. I mean, the the war was I mean, over. I, you know, it was nearly a you know. I know years ago, so, some people still have 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 it in their heads. I mean, look at the fucking government we've got. Oh, well, but yeah, um, there is that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when Lampard got sacked, I wasn't happy, but some of the articles were ridiculous i mean henry winter is a writer i normally have a lot of time for but he i think to, to read him you'd have thought mason Mount was never going to play professional football again yeah he did get a bit of most didn't he him and reese james were going to get locked they're going to be like the fucking princes in the tower or something <laughs> like that and yeah it was it was faintly ridiculous and it doesn't help i mean some sort of, is there are going to be games where we play poorly don't win and you know, all the ones who have always, you know, don't like intellectualism with their football are, are going to be sharpening the knives. So, 
And I, I do wish him luck because he is going to need it eventually. Well, what I will uh, just on Thomas Tuchel, I enjoyed his press conference response on uh, ahead of Spurs when he was asked a third question about Tottenham. <sighs> And just said, "Are you sure you're in the right press conference?" Good answer. That was Carve, wasn't it? Uh, I think Sky, Sky Sports. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that that asked, did amuse me. What did he ask him? I missed that. He asked him about Harry Kane, and then he he asked him about Harry Kane, and then he asked him about Deli Ali. And I think it was the second question about Ali that Tuchel said, "Are you sure you're in the right press conference?" Yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> answer. Because I mean, that's the trouble. I mean, Ian Abrahams, and I mean, be interested. I mean, maybe you can't really say. Doesn't he just ask about food? Well, yeah, well, he did, he did no, yeah, but yeah, but he because he because he, he, he found out that he's a vegan, and also he went he went he went for the Spurs supporter angle again. But I mean, you know, Abraham's works for Talk Sport, so his main mission in life is to get some pithy, newsworthy, which of course has nothing to do with news story, which he can play out on Talk Sport every five minutes. Sky News are no different; that that it's soundbite journalism, and it's. Bullshit, frankly. I, you can't say that, Adam, I know, but I can. And it's pathetic. But, you know, fear not, people. We have fine people, fine young men like Adam. We have fine old men like Henry Winter or whoever else is there who who get a separate press conference after the thing that we see on YouTube where they get to ask intelligent questions about the football which we then get to read about, you know, that old-fashioned thing, reading, rather than listening to idiots on TalkSport or Sky Sports. Anyway, now I was going to ask somebody a really important question, but I can't remember what it was, so what I'm going to do is carry on talking about Tommy T, Thomas Tuchel, because actually the next question really is very much about him, I think, and I'm not sure where I sit on this, whether, you know, with about 15, 20 minutes to go, what we were doing was really good game management and seeing a 2-1 win out or hanging on by the seat of our pants again. But what I did learn in the presser afterwards were that a lot of the decisions that Tuchel was making seemed to indicate that he was trying to manage the game out. And let's face it, it's something that Chelsea have been really crap at doing for quite a long time now. So if you can actually teach them to do that, where... We all sit there thinking, oh, it's 2 1, we're fine. You know, 20, go, and have a, go and have a beer, we're fine. Rather than actually pooping our pants, which is what I tend to do these days. Now, um, he took Giroud, Giroud off, great, because I thought Giroud did, didn't really do much, which left he was us with. Poor. He was poor, very poor, uh, which left us with no striker. So he brought Alonso on uh, because he realised we needed height at the back because we were going to get bombed out by Sheffield United in their last kind of flurry. Clever. He brought Kante on. Without taking one of Jorginho and Kovacic off, I'd have hooked Jorginho and put Kante straight on. No, he bolstered the midfield. Again, I thought that was quite clever. There was a lot of clever things going on, Adam, which I could call managing the game. And yet still, in the last kick of the game, Billy Sharp could have bloody scored. So I don't know. I don't know where I sit on it. I thought Chelsea really handled that last half an hour well. Um, Fair fair enough. It's like you say... (sighs) Under under Frank Lampard, you'd watch games, and you know we say we all love Frank Lampard as a as a guy and what he stands for is at Chelsea. But God, Chelsea could not see our games comfortably under Frank Lampard. It was really really awkward to watch sometimes. I think the the most memorable one was the Valencia game last season when we would think we were drawing one one, and we were, and it, a one one draw was perfectly fine. Yet in the last minute, we were chucking six players forward for some bizarre reason. Um, but no, last night I thought we did it really really well the, yeah I think it's impossible to completely negate an opposition threat I mean, they had that one chance which was the Billy Sharp chance and that was about it 
other than that, Chelsea just kept them at bay pretty much. I don't think there was anything really to get too concerned about. And credit to the players for that because, and I'm playing amateur psychologist here, but I do wonder how much the sort of younger players in this team, the, the homegrown players in this team, were protected a little bit by Frank Lampard in the sense of he was the one who gave them their chance. And if anything really went wrong, he was there to sort of take that bullet for them. Whereas under Thomas Tuchel, they're not going to get that. If they don't step up now, they're going to be out of the team. It's pretty much that simple. So they're going to have to grow up. And they, they look like they grew up quite quickly last night. They they did everything they had to do. There weren't risks taken. And as I say, I thought the last half an hour was actually pretty comfortable. And it, it made it quite boring because Chelsea kept the ball a lot and didn't really let Sheffield United do anything. Well, I have to say, Adam, I, I, should, I should confess to the you know general populace at large here that I was so bored that I was actually having a Facebook conversation with my best mate about which was the last gig we'd been to together. Because the other passion in my life is is music and another thing, pubs, music, football. So basically all the things I like most I'm being denied at the moment, which is why I get a bit grumpy. But anyway, I was I was talking to Simon on Facebook trying to figure out what the last gig, and that was because I, I... So, you know, maybe I'm just lying, Adam. Maybe I wasn't as worried <laughs> as I like to think I was, but there you go. Martin, there was a lovely scene which which... Uh, I was doing the rounds on, on Twitter. Steve, I think, tipped the wink on this. But uh, to talk, I mean, really picking up on what Adam was saying about about you know his interactions with the players and the fact that the, the homegrowns are going to have to grow up now. But he was he he was he, he kind of had Hudson and Roy grab round the neck. So there's a full blown fucking headlock. I don't yeah, think but I think scene at but all. I, I, was... I took that as quite a, a nice thing. Actually, it was like a cuddle that went a bit kind of. Uh, wrong. It was a cu- it was a very, it was a very aggressive cuddle. <laughs> well, Hudson and Roy was smiling. I don't think he had a problem with it. Yeah, if you left it on for like ten, 10 seconds longer, can you can you let go now, please? Can you let go? Can you let go? For fuck's sake! <laughs> I think he was actually uh, congratulating him because he yeah. does he does come on and, and energise the team in a way that we're not seeing from other players. Adore. I thought we missed him actually at the well, start. Complete, to be honest, absolutely. Yeah. And I think some some of the thing you're saying about the ball going out to the right hand side and James, if it goes to Hudson Adoy in that position, he's more likely to cut in and attack. Yeah. So maybe he's they're looking the for that a little bit. Yeah, exactly. He's beginning to to develop wonderfully, Adoy. I'm I'm beginning to get very fond of him because he. he you know, we, we've gone through that period, as I've talked about before, where he, he looked a little bit bit um, um, scared even yeah, of taking yeah. people on. And I now think he's, uh, he, he's, he's flowering. I mean, I, what I hope happens is that, is that Tuchel just looks at everybody um, in a very discerning way and comes up with a side that, that fits the opposition and, and doesn't, you know, I think he would have been found out by... Um, it, it, by seeing Jorginho play badly in that in that situation, I, I don't think he would have realised that what we've been seeing for, for ever since he joined the club is that he just doesn't work. It, 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 he does he can't track back. He's not quick enough. And you would hope that he would then pick sides accordingly. And I think I almost felt that the whole of the selection in the first half was uh, until the substitutes was a kind of um, experiment. He's still giving people a go and. Uh, um, and I don't think Chilwell is quite up to pace at the moment as he was before. Great Didn't pass you, to, to Werner, though. For oh, no, that worked well. That worked there. But, but once again, it was other things as well. Just defensively. Being... He wasn't happy with him defensively. No, he, no, he, he wasn't. That's very clumsy for that challenge as well. That was yeah. Oh, VAR. That was, oh, oh, that was an awful challenge. That was awful, wasn't it? That was so naive. But also, you know, the, 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 the forward was... was uh, was very on the ball at leaning across but for goodness sake you know in the penalty area come on he was really fortunate there um 
but I, I also felt that uh, I think the the, the 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 problem is that the the difficulty, Adam, that we're that the being a youngster as you are in comparison to me with my my huge years. You have to remember that I saw Jimmy Greaves. Was that, was that huge ears, love? Yeah, huge ears. That's why I'm wearing my. That's why I'm. That's why I'm wearing my beanie. Um, because is that is that. Um, you, you observed. You observed. I thought we were pretty much in control of the last half hour. I observed. For fuck's sake, <laughs> we're going to give a goal away, all the, for the whole of the half hour, and it doesn't yeah. matter how how we're playing. I'm going for fuck's sake, do something. I must admit, I've disengaged a little bit since Frank left. So I've just to stand to stand back at a safe distance while we can't go to the game. So I thought we were reasonably comfortable as well and the one thing I would have said that shot from Billy Sharp at the end was after the stoppage time had elapsed so I would have been spitting tax of that got in because of course indeed. the ref but should also, have blown up but, but also the other fact about it is that I talked about it on Friday Sharp is a is a terrific player in those situations mm. particularly yeah. coming on as a sub I mean really spot on he, he's, uh, he's 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 scored late goals like that he buzzes everywhere so I kept thinking Oh fuck! God, it, it, oh fuck! You know, so when? Thank goodness! Thank goodness for Mendy, you know, who was yeah. really on the ball. That was a very decent save. Made a few actually, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So you know, so no, yeah. I, 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 you know. I don't, know. I just thought the last, I just watched the last half an hour, thinking, God, this is boring. Largely because Chelsea weren't letting anything really happen because they held the ball up. They held on to yeah, the ball. No, they did. They did. They did. And but they ended up with... of somebody just misplacing one pass and attack then up the other end. And all the vision. I'll tell you what I can't stand. We still have this terrible inability. We keep giving away pe- uh, free kicks in the just to, towards the corner there, the, which uh, which was a constant um, last season under Frank. And they'd always score. The opposition would always score because that's when we had our inability yeah. of dealing with anything whipped in. And lo and behold, Kante does a kind of sort of <laughs> non-tackle. And there's one there. And Reese James does one. And I'm going, for fuck's sake, no. But I'm thinking back to last year. And of course, we're actually in a better position because we are clearly defensively better organised. But it's so difficult with all these different images of past failures, you know, that I'm thinking right. of all the all the permutations. Oh, that will go in. This going to head it. Oh God! So it's always an unbelievable relief when it just gets headed up in the air or goes over the bar or the goalkeeper holds it or sails over for a goal kick. <laughs> yeah. You said you've got. Set piece PTSD basically. No, no, he he still got PTSD <laughs> from watching Chelsea in the seventies, Adam. That, that's that's JK's trouble. He still he still uh, thinks it's nineteen seventy six. I, I must admit, I still think of Rory bloody Delap every time someone gets a long throw. Oh, I'm You should be thinking Ian Hutchinson. Oh, that that did you see that video that went round of the weekend? No, what was that? Of the sixth of the the FA Cup. It was. It looks like it's the, the club are releasing it, and it's. Just a video of the cup run from oh, 1970, right, right. and I hadn't appreciated how fucking long that throw was for Ian Hutchinson in the final. But when Webby scored, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, he's, he's, yeah. Yeah. His own, he's almost yeah. in his own half. Yeah. It's a human windmill. Yeah. I, I was yeah. a what kind of person I was even then in my youth. I was obsessed with whether it was a foul throw or not. I kept thinking, has he got his foot over the line? Oh, Victor Moses must have has been fun. You must have enjoyed Victor leg. Moses when he was in. Victor Moses, I used to stand up even in the East Stand and go. Okay, all right, moving on. Um, I mean, I thought Simon's point, uh, Adam, was really good, actually. Don't always agree with Simon, although I I do like him a lot. But it was a a hard-fought win at a venue uh, where, you know, last year they they got humped 3-0, if we all recall. wasn't that long ago. 
Um, and I, I mean, I know what JK says. They are bottom. But, that you know, they've had some good results recently. As we were talking to the lovely Ben on, on Friday night. And they're a doughty side. And uh, Wilder's a good manager. So, you know, yep. I thought I thought they showed some character to, to, to see that game out, as which is what you were saying, and win 2-1. And, of course, the result in that is that in the... Uh, you know, just the four matches that uh, Tuchel has been in charge for. He's now won three of them and drawn one. Um, and, of course, that's now pushed us up to fifth. We're only a point behind the best team that the, the whole universe has ever seen, ever, ever, ever. Ever, ever. ever. With, the be- with the best goalie on the planet. With the best goalie, the best defender, the best manager, the best crowds, the best atmosphere, the best history, all of that. Well, they were trying to make out, weren't they, last night, that the only reason that they're... they're... They're where they are is because there's no crowd because the crowd is so important for them. Well, I mean, you can't can't you say that for? I mean, you know, if you remember, yeah, you can say that for every club. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, you remember when we had Absolutely. Ben on the first time? Oh, it, was, it was a load of bollocks. Remember yeah. when we had Ben? Remember and Sheffield United have been one of, uh, as affected by it as Liverpool. Well, that's what I was saying. You know, Ben, uh, the travelling blade, came on yeah. before uh, we played them at the Bridge, and and their form was terrible. They were they were doing they couldn't win for Toffee. And he said it was because there were no fans. So, you know, it's the same for everybody. Bottom line well, is, Adam, we are, we've climbed up to fifth. Um, I mean, you know, we are. I mean, I think the really interesting thing is we're now only six points behind United in second. Uh, City have got a bit of a, a healthy gap with 11 points and they're looking bloody good. It was wonderful to see them demolish Liverpool uh, at the weekend. I mean, you could say that uh, Everton and Villa who are on uh, 37 and 35 points, respectively. If they win those two games, you know, they're kind of above us. But I think what I'm really trying to ask you in a very roundabout, eggshell, walking on eggshells type way is, you know, it's only four games in, I get that. But do you like what he's done so far? And and do you feel a lot more confident that we are going to get top four? Yeah, I like what he's done so far. I mean, three wins and a draw, you can't really not be happy with that um i do i think he's been lucky in the sense of all the teams really above chelsea have dropped points uh while chelsea have been collecting them um like west ham obviously had a defeat liverpool have been losing every home game that's come their way recently um so in that respect chelsea managed to make up a lot of ground which i don't think even thomas Tuchel would have expected at this point so they're ahead of the game in that in that sense um I do think Chelsea actually probably will get into the top four now. Um, they they look consistent. I think we've had what is our awful period of the season um, under Frank, unfortunately. Um, whereas, you know, Liverpool are going through their tough spell now. United had theirs at the beginning of the season as a City. But Leicester, I don't know. I can't work out Leicester. One week they look brilliant. The next week they play. Inconsistent, yeah. Um, and Leicester and Liverpool are playing on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, so I no, I think I think Chelsea are probably in a decent position now, as long as they keep picking up obviously points. I guess the the, the only caveat to that is Chelsea do have a bit of a tough run coming up, where they play. I think it's Liverpool, or Everton, United, Liverpool in fairly quick succession. Leeds away as well uh, around the second leg of the Atletico tie, Atletico tie. So right. that will probably be quite a defining run in what Chelsea do this season. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I think I think they'll actually do it. You know, I think they'll get into the top four. I'm feeling a lot more confident after after what I've seen, I, because I think I think, you know, it's no accident. I mean, okay, I know we played Burnley, no ambition, Wolves, no ambition. Spurs. You can't, you can't Spurs. No I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. I know no we're going to talk about this later on, so I'll hold my 
thoughts on that and because one of the letters kind of mentions it in a roundabout way but that was you, you, all right that was so shocking i still can't still can't yeah get over yeah that. well i mean you know they had no ambition so they, were, they had less ambition than of all the teams we've played since tom stuckle's taken over yeah tottenham were the ones that had the least Absolutely. ambition i did not expect that i don't think he did either you can't say that about sheffield united but i mean the point is is that you know i don't think it's any coincidence that 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 we've only conceded one goal in our last four matches we that the three four two one or three four one two makes us look a lot more stable and solid. Even you know, if you'd have said to me we're going to lose silver to an injury, I would have you know I'd have been distraught. But Christensen slipped in there, and we haven't seemed to have lost any of that stability in defence. So it tells me that Tuchel knows how to organise a team, and he knows how to make a team solid. And I think more important, guys, he knows how to make a team hard to beat. And I think. At the moment in this league, that's really, really important because some of the nuts results we're seeing where everything's really up and down, to get some consistency is actually the key to getting in the top four. Mm-hmm. So if he can, you know, if he can carry, I mean, if, OK, we're not going to win every match. I'm sure we're going to lose a few too. But if on the whole he can make us hard to beat and we can pick up, gradually keep picking up points, picking up points, I think what you'll find is a lot of the, you know, the teams above us that we were talking about will slip back down. You know, because I think it's that kind of a season. Yeah, yeah. I think you look at most teams; they're absolutely knackered. Yeah, and I think that's that. understandable. Well, Liverpool, I think, is a fatigue issue. Yeah, and the fact they've got no centre backs. Well, uh... yeah, yeah, which they, which they yeah. don't talk about no. much. No, no. Anyway, um, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a quick break, and then uh, when we come back, uh, J.K. will have uh, you know uh, kind of made himself some honey honey tea or whatever he does, and you know, exercise his vocal cords, and then we've got loads of emails. But before that. Uh, quick shout out for the Chelsea Supporters Trust. Uh, five quid to be a member of the Supporters Trust, which means you can vote in the meetings uh, and you vote in the meetings, vote in the elections, and go to the meetings. Um, but actually, at a time like now, where there is arguably, I mean, there is a real disconnect between us and the club because we can't go for a start. But there's some awful nefarious things going on in terms of TV deals, uh, purported. European Super Leagues, that kind of thing. So, you know, we need to make our voice heard. Otherwise, we'll suddenly find out that it's not really worth going back when we're allowed to go back. So if you kind of join up something like the Sports Trust, at least you get a chance for us to go and represent you and and make your uh, feelings known. So there we go. It's well worth it. Five quid a year to be a voting member and you can attend all the meetings that they do. ChelseaSupportersTrust.com at Chelsea S Trust is the Twitter handle. Um, and of course, another thing that is superb, which I, I, I would recommend to anybody who claims to be a Chelsea supporter, uh, is that you go and buy a CPO, a Chelsea pitch owner's share. If you do that, it means you have a share of the freehold of the stadium and that will protect it from being sold to a property developer or other nefarious person in the future. And it will ensure that football is always played at Stamford Bridge, which of course is our spiritual home. Now, the cheaper shares, I believe, are an electronic share for 31 quid, but you, you, you can spend up to 210 quid, I think, on getting framed ones, signed frame ones, ones presented on the pitch, you name it. But uh, go and check out the official uh, Chelsea website and search for Chelsea Pitch Owners and buy that share. You won't regret it. Right, as I said, after the break, we're going to be doing emails. Das Leben kann hektisch sein. Warum nicht dem Alltag entfliehen und in die magische Welt von Evermerge eintauchen? Evermerge ist ein magisches Land, das mit jeder Entdeckung größer und besser wird. Werde ein Merch-Master. Baue und sammle einzigartige Gegenstände oder verschönere deine eigene wundersame Welt. 
Im Land von Evermerge gibt es immer etwas zu tun. Evermerge. Jetzt kostenlos im App Store herunterladen. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Football Fancast. Welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I am, of course, Stamford Chidge, uh, and I've got the wonderful Mr. Kid down there, who's on mute. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, we've got Martin Wickham, the lovely Martin Wickham. Always nice to see Martin. Evening. And uh, we have uh, the lovely Adam Newson, the Chelsea correspondent for Football Dot London, who was telling us in the break that he's got the gig to go to Barnsley on Thursday night, and he's a bit worried about how bloody frozen it's going to be. He's not wrong. We're going to talk about Barnsley in part four, uh, so don't go away. Now, we've got emails now. We've got uh, a lot to get through. They're mercifully quite short, JK, so I, I have a good feeling about tonight. I'll read them quickly. Adam, can I just ask a question? Are you um, all the games you're going to? You're getting programs from the wall because this must be an unbelievably um, uh, uh, collector's item series <laughs> of programs where you to be getting them and, yeah. each, and team sheets. Are you getting them as well? Uh, yes, we are actually. Yeah, I think oh. I've got one of the. I've got the Chelsea Morgan program, which had a, a tribute. That's Tommy Doc, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah on it. Um, so yeah, no, we are getting them, um, which is nice. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Was there a was there a, t- a t- Tuchel thing in any of the programmes? Was there anything about him in any of the recent ones? Uh, I haven't actually been to one of the recent games, so uh, oh, okay. I, I can't answer that. But um, but yeah, the last game I think I went to was Morecambe uh, for reasons we can only get one press pass at the moment for per okay. well, company, it. and Sam Sam's gone and Spurs right. our Spurs guys there, and anyway, yes. Right, how intriguing. JK, this, this this email is right up um, Adam's alley, if you excuse the expression. Adam's alley? Yeah. Up, his, up his, to be Shakespearean, up his aris. Aris. As in, you know... As in, in chopper. No, 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 as in, uh, as in curtain that um, um, uh, Polonius is killed behind. <laughs> This moment's like this when I regret that we're not a YouTube channel because Ad- Adam had the, the presence of mind to put the hand oh, over the head. God. Oh, yeah. God, I can't believe you all. You're such Philistines. That all. grass has turned into tumbleweed behind you. Oh, God. Oh, I'm just going to carry on drinking my Guinness. Read the email, old sport. Yes, read the fucking email, Jonathan. Anyway, um, this is, you dick. This is, this is from Jeff. Shut the fuck up. Jeff Jones. Um, uh, um, can I read it as if I'm in the West Country just for the hell of it? He's in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, he's in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Hey, Jeff. No, I won't read it like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Time. If you can read it in the style of Jeff Sessions, the former Attorney General of the United, United <laughs> States, I, I, will, I will love it. He sounded a I'm, bit like I'm, Deputy Dog. I was always bemused by, was it by... Um, but what's his face? The, Jeff the, uh, Beauregard session. The head of the head of the Republicans. What's his George Bush last night? Uh, we're, we're Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell. McConnell. Why that boy? I'm there. Senator Mitch McConnell of Kentucky. Wave bye bye to all of our American listeners. In yeah, yeah, bye bye. Yeah, we love you. We love all you, mate. I'm just 
I'm having a go. Come on, don't be unfair here. I'm having a go. Oh, brilliant. I'm brilliant. From there, I, the, the accent I hear mostly in my ears is that one all the time. Come on, George, we'll get back in Is that one. your alter ego? Yes, my alter ego is that one. Yeah, your invisible on. friend. Come on, Chitch, I'm having you. It's that one. <laughs> um, uh, yes, anyway. <laughs> it's my, my visible friend. Uh, my visible friend, my butler, of course. Yes. Hello, sir. Could you like to leave this uh, hoi polloi? No, I'm fine. Here we are. Um, Jeff Jones. Good evening, Chid. Jonathan et al. I could do a joke about there being nobody called Al, but I won't. Um, I'd like to hear you speak on the media bias against Chelsea. I'm an American, so I get my coverage from NBC. I'm curious to know if the BT and Sky pundits were as blatantly anti-Chelsea after our Derby win as the NBC pundits were. We absolutely dominated Spurs and deserved the three points. But post-match, all Robbie, Robbie Musto and Danny Higginbottom talked about for an eternity. 15 minutes was Tottenham's poor run of form. Not a mention of how well we played, no credit given to us. When they finally showed Tuchel's post-match interview, they barely talked about it. They ended the broadcast with the teaser for the Two Robbies podcast and how they'll discuss how bad Tottenham have been recently. I've heard Yarl talk about the media bias against Chelsea over there, but this was really the first time I felt that bias over here. Is it like this all the time on Sky and BT? Sorry, I had to vent because it's absolutely ridiculous that any broadcaster would spend 80% of post-match coverage on losers rather than winners. Anyways, keep that flag flying high. Thank you, as always, for all the work you're put in each week. Up the Chels. Jeff J, Atlanta, Georgia, USA. It's a goodie. It's a goodie, that one. Um, it's interesting. I didn't know that um, um, is it must they have a high class of... Uh, ex-player on NBC, don't they? Musto and Higginbottom. Yeah, they're but, really, um, really dredging the barrel with those two, mate. But, uh, I mean, to be fair, if, they can, if they're can, if they good communicators, I'm, you know, I'm pleased. Yeah, but that's got nothing to do players. with whether they're yeah. good communicators. Yeah. Well, what is the reason for having them on? They've then? got good agents. Why, why do you think so much? I mean, I know this. I used to work in the yeah, business. Why, 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 why then Higginbottom and Musto? Right, this is what happens. Ex-player stops playing football. Thinks, what am I going to do now? Run a pub, uh, work hard and get my coaching badges. Sports shop. Or go in the media. Yeah, sport, a sports shop. Sporting shop. Well, that yeah. doesn't happen anymore. They don't run no, pubs no, or sports shops anymore. So their choices are work really, really hard and do their coaching badges or go in the media. At which point they approach various agents or aid their agents approach various media agents who then start phoning up TV producers of sports programmes saying... Oh, my new client, ex, you know, ex-professional footballers, really lo love to get in the media, and he's really, really good. And sometimes, occasionally, you owe them a favour. So you say, oh, yeah, we'll try him out on this show, and then they get in. That's kind of how it works, which is why you get such a plethora of appalling, appalling punditry by appalling ex-footballers who can't string two sentences together, or worse never even bloody watch the games. I mean, I used to work with Claridge, right? Steve Claridge. I've got yeah. to tell you, I cannot speak more highly of the guy. He's hilarious in his own What's little... What's happened to him, I don't know. Well, since I got, you know, booted out of the business, he's probably had no work. But, I mean, basically, a really bright guy, really nuts and very, very funny and brilliant. But he worked his bollocks off of what he did. And he used to tell me stories all of the time about various ex-footballers that were working as pundits, none of whom I shall name because I don't want to get sued. But he said categorically, none of them ever watch the games. They don't give a shit. They roll in, do what they're supposed to do, take the money and piss off. He said he, he, said he couldn't believe the standard of, of the levels of unprofessionalism in football punditry in this country. And I believe him. 
So there you go. That's my rant over. Adam, you work in the media. Um, are, you know, to be really honest, mate, I, I don't have a problem with the media being biased. If I mean, you know, I, I'm biased when I write for stuff. I mean, you you have to publish it. Cundy is like fighting a, a one-man battle to be as biased as possible for Chelsea on TalkSport. I think it's unavoidable, isn't it, if you have an allegiance to a club? I mean, the only people I don't want to be biased are referees. Yeah, you know, especially if you're a former player and you've got such an attachment to that club. I think you look at Graham Souness, who gets a lot of, <laughs> a lot of grief. But He was you know, fun last night. <laughs> he is a Liverpool guy. He, As much as he tries to be objective... It always shines through. And I think it's going to be the same for any any pundit that has that sort of attachment to a club. They are going to, even if it's unconscious, they're going to just defend that club yeah. and try and paint them in a good light. I mean, the Tottenham stuff, I think this, this is what I was kind of saying earlier about what decides the news agenda. And Tottenham being bad un, under Jose Mourinho is A, very funny, but B... <laughs> Sorry, you biased but, journalist. <laughs> but bit well, yeah, brilliant, Adam. That was legendary. <laughs> but also the fact it's Jose Mourinho, and Jose Mourinho is a big draw. Jose Mourinho is a big name. Sorry, so Jose Mourinho is a big bore. Did you say? Well, yeah, I, yeah, Jose. Um, yeah, Jose's big. Like, there's no getting away from that. And him doing badly with Tottenham is big, big news and a big talking point. Yeah. So I kind of understand it. Chelsea going to Tottenham, being quite good, winning isn't as interesting for a TV audience thing. Oh, look, Jose's being really bad again. Well, so frankly, let's talk where, about where's the news in Chelsea beating Tottenham at White Hart Lane? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no new story there is. I mean, Adam, you make a superb point, which I expect fully from you, being somebody who kind of has to you know, figure out on a daily basis what the news angle is. And, and you're right. This is what these media companies have to do. And you're dead right. Sorry, Jeff. I know it's, it annoyed you, but he's right. The news angle was exactly that. It was the fact that, that, that Tottenham are being crap under Mourinho. That's a much bigger story than Chelsea beating Spurs at White Island Lane, which, of course, as we all know, is not news. Anyway, Martin. What Jeff doesn't know as well is that from our side watching it on BT, I think we had Jermaine Jenis, and I can't remember who the other public was. Yeah, Jermaine te- Jenis' tears has, re- has re- replaced yeah, liberal he, tears, hasn't it? I he think. was abs- He w- The story was, he. W- I was watching it because you just knew they were going to be absolutely furious at how bad Tottenham were, and they were. <laughs> they were. So it wasn't biased against Chelsea, it was just pure fury about how shit Tottenham had been. But I, I, it, I, I, don't, I don't mind and, that. No, not at all. And with you know. where he mentioned, he kind of gave it away at the end. I suspect those the NBC pundits will probably just their podcast is going to be like a longer format of it so they've yeah. just given a bit of a dry run and a plug but yeah I, I if I, just, I found it amusing I, there was just, there was just so it shocked me how bad they were so to see people with clear Tottenham links in the studio absolutely angry I mean Jake Humphrey didn't even try to be impartial he was furious oh, yeah. Jermaine Jenis was furious so yeah it was quite amusing and the TV companies are, not, are learning that bias sells. Well, and I mean, actually, it's more honest too. And I think, I think hiding behind, I, I blame the BBC for this, much as I love them, and and uh, the American media, as you'll know, our American friends have been getting a a kicking for for both siding things, and that 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 you know, impartiality was very much a BBC kind of byword for years and years and years. We're living in twenty twenty one. It's you can't do that anymore. It just doesn't work. And I'd much rather have. 
you know, rabidly biased pundits doing what rabidly biased pundits do, you know, behaving like we all do. At least at least there can be some transparency and honesty about it. Anyway, I've got a lovely... We've got loads of good emails tonight, J.K. I have to actually... I've read through them all for a change. And uh, they're good. So the next one is from Marco Delavelle. Shall I read it? I think you should. You're, you're down. You're down as reading it. You are DC, aren't That's, you? That is me. That is I. Yes, read it. Then, all right. Yes. Okay. Good evening, everyone. Uh, once again, I would like to congratulate you on another brilliant show. Thank you, Marco. Uh, I must say, I've been quite happy with the performances since Thomas Tuchel has come in, particularly the game against Tottenham, where we were up against a team that is at the same level of us as us in terms of pushing for a place in the top four. I mean no disrespect to Wolves and Burnley when I say that, because they're both difficult and good teams in their own right. However, for around 84 minutes last night, we were in charge, and if Mount scored his chance for Werner's, or, or Werner's shot hits the net rather than Eric Dyer's 50p forehead, sorry, chest, it would have given the scoreline a more deserving look. But at the end of the day, it didn't matter, and we walked away with three points. You can definitely see the impact that a change of manager has had and there seems to be a bit more confidence amongst the squad as a whole. We seem to be passing the ball forward a lot more rather than keeping the ball just for the sake of it and passing it backwards and side to side all the time. I hope that we can carry on playing like this. Uh, Also, I've been very impressed with the way that Thomas Tuchel has conducted himself throughout these last three matches. I like the fact that he's very methodical and really studies his opponents, and he's constantly changing or tweaking his teams to give them the best opportunity of winning. And he actually shows his emotions on the touchline, which I love to see as a manager. In a manager, sorry. It couldn't have been easy over these last two weeks, but I think he's done a good job so far, and I hope that this carries on throughout the rest of the season. Lastly, I would like to thank you, Chidge, for interviewing the Borussia Dortmund London fan base journalist. I thought that interview was a really good insight into what we could expect from Thomas Tuchel as our manager. And even though I'm a football fan, I did not know an awful lot about him before listening to Chidge's interview. Thank you all once again for the amazing shows that you make week in and week out. Also, could you please pass on my best wishes to Paul Cannaville? I hope he makes a speedy recovery. Keep the blue flag flying high, Marco Delavelle. Well, I agree with all of that, Marco, especially the wonderful comments about how much you love the show and how wonderful we all are. Uh, in particular, though, yes, I totally echo what you said about Canners. Um, we're all desperately, mm. desperately worried about him and hoping that he pulls through. I, I, I kind of really went to town on that a bit on Friday evening, but we love him to pieces. He's one of ours. So, uh, I, I, I mean, I will convey that as I have conveyed it uh, on behalf of all of us, uh, Marco. So rest assured that. Um, but I think I think we kind of answered this earlier on, really, about Tuchel and, and how we think he's doing. And Adam uh, gave us some really nice insight into to what an interesting man he is to listen to. So I'm, I'm glad you're enjoying it, Marco. We all are too. Uh, J.K., th- this this email is so fantastic; it almost deserves a drum roll, uh, largely because it's from one of my old, old, old mates, uh, Michael Roban, who. When we started the pod, yeah, yeah, no, 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 I want you to read it because you're on the list to read it. But uh, Mike, Michael, and I became really, really great mates. And I did a, I did a fan cast out in LA when I went over to see him in 2009 when Chelsea played into Milan and Pasadena. He, he was our, he was our Los Angeles correspondent for a while, and he is a fine, fine man. And I haven't heard of from him for ages. And then out of the blue, we get this email. Puh, puh. Puh. I shall read it. Um, great podcast this week. It was the therapy session I so badly needed. I guess my one very positive takeaway was the happy realisation that I'm most definitely not a trophy hunter, as that is seemingly a pejorative term of the worst kind. 
It is the equivalent of the deplorables of football supporters, it seems. However, I'm not sure the way I became a supporter is any better, really. As you recall, I became a Chelsea supporter after support, I should say supporter in quotation marks, supporter after being admonished by a Brit football coach at summer camp when I told him I was a New York Cosmos fan. I was. Surely a team with Frank Beckenbauer and Giorgio Cinaglia had to be the best side in the world. I was told I had to pick a real football club and decided on Chelsea because A, they were from London, I'm a New Yorker, somehow they seem to have some proportional relevance. And I guess looking at the table, Chelsea was the only place in London I ever heard of because I knew the Sex Pistols were from there. And that's it. I became a Chelsea supporter. And weirdly enough, of course, the Sex Pistols, the Sex Pistols, the, um, the um, what's the face's shop was just down in the King's Road, wasn't it? Old, sex. Um, yeah, the sex shop. Yeah, absolutely. Where um, where uh, Malcolm McLaren, Vivian uh, Westwood, with, with exactly well done. Vivian Westwood used to be. I went in there a few times and looked. And then, came out in a rubber uh, suit and a gimp mask. Still wears it on the fan cast most weeks. Actually, I was about to say that, Chidget. You just completely, <laughs> you completely ruined my gag. I'm so sorry. Thank you. You'd so never much. do that to me ever. I wouldn't actually. No, I wouldn't. you wouldn't. No, I know. I, I meant it. I know. I know. It's okay. You got though. more manners. I know where I stand. Yes, I'm, I'm, I am occasionally um, uh, hampered by my manners. Anyway, moving, swift, moving swiftly on. Um, it wasn't until I wandered half pissed into a pub in Parsons Green, I actually met some real supporters, got to attend a match at a rather bleak, from what I recall, Stamford Bridge on a bleak day against a bleak West Ham side. Did I care that Chelsea was actually kind of a shit side back in the day? Maybe it was a little disappointing, but it was the club that picked me essentially. And now I had friends and new mates that were real live Chelsea supporters. And I was welcomed with some ridicule and scepticism, but welcomed nonetheless. It wasn't until the matches were televised on satellite in the mid-90s that I actually got to watch them on TV. The first year I really got to actually follow the club by watching matches was 1995. We had Dennis Wise, love him, Hullet, love him, Steve Clark, love him, Mark Hughes, love him, Johnny Spencer, love him. And of course, the original Super Frank, Frank Sinclair, who I've subsequently become friendly with. We finished 11th. I didn't care. Must have been Hoddle as manager, wasn't it? I didn't care. Was nice to get relegated. Nice. Sorry. Was nice not to get relegated. Ah. (laughs) That was a small league that season. Freudian slip, mate. It was, yes. Yes. Ninth to eleventh went down. Yes, <laughs> everybody below eleventh stayed up. Bizarre. Um, at Nevada Smith, there was singing and yelling at the West Ham fans. I was hooked. Did it matter that I chose the club for completely random reasons? So you see, my reasons for becoming a Chelsea supporter were dubious at best. But over the years, it was never about the winning or the trophies. I've made great friends around the world, seen a bunch of live games at Stamford Bridge, become friendly with guys like Frank Sinclair and Mario Melchiot, and achieved the pinnacle of Chelsea fandom by appearing as a guest on the Chelsea fancast. Yay! Sure, it's been more fun to have a club to support that is actually relevant on a global scale. And they're now always on television, which was certainly not the case back in the 1980s. But that is what it makes it difficult emotionally when a club legend like Super Frank gets the sack. It's even more painful to see other clubs hiring club legends and sticking with them, despite seeing them obviously over their skis, i.e. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Man United. OGS seems truly to me the Forrest Gump of managers. He seems not to have a clue, but things just kind of work out. 
Let's see how that works in the end for them. Perhaps I'm not giving him enough credit, but at least Man U seems to have the understanding that if you start a project with a club legend, you should at least give it some time to bear fruit. And right now, Man U is contending for the league title. Frank should never have been hired for cynical reasons. Sorry, yes, Frank should never have been hired for cynical reasons. I would have preferred to have given him a full three years to prove himself or never to, never to have hired him at all. I could have lived with a painful season this year and given him the benefit of the doubt to figure it out next season. And at the end of the day, if it didn't work out, we all would at least have a reasonable period of time to give him a fair evaluation. But you're quite right, it isn't our club. While I certainly don't long for the days of mid-table finishes, I do wish the club's board and global brand reflected the culture of the fans and supporters that runs so deep for generations. The club's supporters have such a deep soul and connection. It is, I think, therefore sometimes distressing to face the stark reality that for the ones running the club, it's just business. Great work on the podcast. Up the Chels, blue till I die. Yours truly. The Roban. I mean, as I said earlier on, I mean, just, I mean, absolutely. Michael, I need to phone you. I haven't spoken to you for ages and I'm very bad at that kind of thing, but how lovely to hear from you. But I mean, that picks up from, uh, we had a, a really interesting uh, email, didn't we, on uh, the, in the post show we did last week about glory hunters and stuff. But it was really a lovely reminder from Michael that um, serendipity plays a large part in how a lot of us become Chelsea supporters. Right, next email from Michael Gibbon. And he says, good evening, Chidge and Kid and esteemed guests. This, this Kid thing comes from that, that, that uh, Love Sport guy who thought that was my name. I was called other than Kiddo. Do you remember that? He called me I kid. do vaguely. I do. I do. I anyway, he says, I write to you this morning in something of an odd mood, all things considered. We beat Spurs which is always lovely. We've looked very tight at the back so far, and although endless keep ball bores me half to death, I do like how solid we look, but we still don't take our chances, and in all honesty, even when we're going forward, we never look like we're actually going to do something with the ball. When we score, it almost looks accidental, but last night I did something that I have never done before, but sadly will likely do again. I turned off a match before it was over, then went to sleep. It's very difficult for me to give a toss about the happening at Chelsea right now. I'm under no illusion that this is Roman's club, what he says goes, and although he does love the club, we're still ultimately, as you put it, a rich man's train set. But at least uh, with Frank at the helm, I could think that someone who gave a crap about the fans was at least calling some of the shots. And from there, I could convince Reed fool myself into thinking that the club... Uh, think the club as a whole gave a crap about the fans, at least to some extent. And in the early Abramovich years, yeah, there was a rotating cast of managers, but JT, Frank himself, Drogba, Balak, Czech, et al. were there to get behind. As much as I absolutely adore Mount, he's not a legend yet. The same goes for Reese, Hudson-Odoi and Tammy, who is probably the biggest loser with the changing coach. I listen to the fan cast every week, and although I spend around 70% of the time muttering that what I'm hearing is hogwash, I beg your pardon. Um, this made me lose my place now completely. Ah, I do really value. Oh, that's better. I do really value the analysis and opinions on the fan cast. It is weird and out of what well, it, it is weird. Not us. No, it is weird and out of order for me to think that the club just doesn't care about the fans. I will obviously back Tommy Tuchel 100%, but this sacking, and I don't think Frank was given a fair chance to actually build something, has left me feeling dispirited and disappointed. 
we're going back to the previous model and it will likely be successful but what we've done uh, but we've done that and quite frankly it will be pretty uninteresting the decision to sack him is completely unsurprising but still bitterly disappointing the last thing i have considered emigrating to new zealand i live in south africa and one of the main caveats to moving there is is the awful time zone yes i can still watch the local rugby and any test cricket in the area but i would have to choose between staying up all night or waking up at an ungodly hour to watch chelsea live it's becoming less and less of an issue for me to miss a live match still keep the blue flag flying even if the flag is tattered kind regards michael gibbon blimey what do you think about that? Well, we're, we're, we've been slightly dissed, haven't we? He thinks we talk bollocks. And no, no, no. I don't think he was really having a go. But I think he's losing his love for Chelsea because we've sacked Frank. And it's boring. What do you think? I think he's unique in that, is he? I think he might be. I mean, the bottom line is, Michael, here's the thing, mate. I mean, I know it hurt like hell. But this is football. And this is Chelsea Football Club. And these things happen. I mean, as Jonathan can tell you and did on the show that we did is that um, basically he's seen it all before. And, and this is what Chelsea... Did. I worked. Somebody worked out on Twitter. They sent me a lovely tweet that said, in the last 50 years, Chelsea have had 33 managers. If you work out their average tenure, it's 18 months. Chelsea's always been doing this. So my only advice to you is you just have to kind of uh, inure yourself from the emotions of it, you know, and understand that this is always going to happen and find a way to connect to the club that doesn't involve you shitting involve them shitting on you from a great height every so often because that is what they will do i'm sure you'll find your way back michael that's for sure anyway i've got a, a much uh where, you, where have you gone jonathan i'm here i'm here i'm here i'm just digitizing a video right I'm digitizing a 1980 video right and um and it just finished so it was okay a well we've got an, e- an email from alex davidson goody hi chidge and kido OK, I've bounced back from lamps being axed. Violent reference, entirely intentional. I've decided to remain a Chelsea fan, but I promised myself to keep a certain arm's length emotional detachment and to temper... It's impossible. You won't be able to do that, Alex. And to temper my expectations regarding expected trophy hall, style of play and ongoing running of the club. Having said that, what the fuck should have battered Spurs 4-0 at least? Tommy Two-Tone, a word in your shell-like ear, mate, please. Number one, Christensen is never the answer. Number two, until Timo does more than take up space, mm-hmm. it should be Olivier and Tammy up front so that Hudson has something to cross to. Number three, the midfield is constipated with Georgie and Kov playing together. Gilmore, he's right there on your fucking bench. Yes, right there behind you. He's going to save your job. Fucking play him with Kante beside him. Number four, Rudy has been better than he was earlier this season, but Zuma is the physical presence you need at the back and for set pieces. Number five, please find a real role for Pulisic. He seems lost. Number six, next season, Conor Gallagher will be in your squad because he is the business. Number seven, looking forward to seeing Chile back on the field. Your thoughts? Auf Wiedersehen pet, Alexander Schaaf. Well, um, uh, I'm not convinced about Chilwell at the moment. Um, Conor Gallagher will be interesting, won't he? Because he seems to be uh, um, a bundle of uh, of energy. And but I, I, he's not being picked by um, by. Uh, um, no, he's he is playing. Uh, yeah, he uh, is. Did he play? Did he play? I thought he was a sub. Did he not sub him? No, he played yesterday. 
He played yesterday, okay. Yeah, yeah. they were wearing that weird Melchester Rovers kit. They and were, was, weren't they? Yeah, yeah and he had this like, blonde, streaky hair, so I've gone, that's fucking Roy Race or something, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christensen and, is never the answer. Well, I, I disagree with that. Adam's got a point. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, Christensen's been very good, but yeah. now he stepped in. I thought yeah. he was good against Spurs. I thought he was very good against Sheffield United, which... Um, as we as we mentioned earlier, Bramall Lane was the scene of probably his worst Chelsea performance when he got hauled off at yeah. half time last time. Um, I thought he played really well last night. Yeah. He did a lot of the things that Andreas Christensen doesn't normally do very well in terms of the physical stuff. He stood up quite well, um, and I think it's it's easy to forget that when he broke into that the Chelsea side, he was playing in a back three under Conte, and he looked the business for a lot of that season. Yeah, exactly uh, that. I think we seen. I have slated him on here repeatedly so I have to hold my hands up and say oh, I've got that wrong but um, he does look far more comfortable and confident in a three and I don't think he's the only one I don't. I think we should remember that we last won the league title with a back three and there are quite a few players still in that squad who played in that system yeah. Christiansen, well not Christiansen, he played the season after but it's as Piliqueta on the right of a three, Alonso one or two others and they do look a bit they look quite comfortable in that system. Certainly they defensively, do. they look a lot more safe for now. Yeah. I'll probably jinx that. <laughs> yeah, well, they but they do, you know, they do. That's the reality. And and I mean, you know, Christians look, Christensen's looked. I I've, I've been very hard on him because I think he's looked dreadful for us. I said he's not a Premier League defender. He's not physical enough. Blah 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 blah. But I'll be honest with you, I agree with you, Martin. I mean, I think I think in the in the middle of a back three, he can do it. Um. What else has he said that that uh, well Gilmore? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think finding a role for Pulisic. I I don't know what's up with Pulisic. Adam, what's up with Pulisic? Was he uh, watching the Super Bowl last night or something? No, no. Thomas Tuchel said it was family reasons. So for whatever that is, hopefully it's nothing serious. Yeah, quite right. Um, I th- I I thought it was funny when uh, Thomas Tuchel came over and didn't play Pulisic in the first game, which I think many people expected yeah. him to do because they worked together. And Pulisic uh, and, and Thomas Tuchel said, "Oh, I know what I know, Christian. I know what he can do, and I know what he can give me off the bench, which is why I put him on the bench." Which I imagine Christian Pulisic was like, "Oh, great! So <laughs> you think I'm gonna, you're just going to put me on as, as a sub all the time and expect me to make an impact?" Um, but yeah, so in that respect, maybe Tuchel is still doing information gathering in matches, and he does know what Pulisic can do. So maybe that is the reason for why he hasn't sort of been playing him that often or, or has tried him in this sort of split, one of the split Again, strikers. Though, he might be not playing very well in training. He might just not be, he, he, or he's seen the fact that he's not quite on the case, which he isn't, he hasn't been. Mm. You know, because last year he was completely phenomenal and we, we haven't seen that at all this yeah. season. Yeah, no, during the Project Restart games, he was unbelievable. Um, yeah. unbelievable. I think I think a lot of it is mental again, a bit like hudson Adoy. I think when you've done a hammy, I think he doesn't trust his hamstrings and and, you know, that the, the level that they play at being off your game 5% makes all the difference so i think that i mean i i, I don't know if they do again adam may or may not know the answer but i would like to think and i would like to hope that chelsea actually employ a team of psychotherapists at that club to to get into the heads of some of these guys because there are sports psychotherapists around you know, because I think I think so much of the game at the elite level is is mental as well as physical these days. I mean, I don't think I'm not sure they do. I I I, I don't know if you would, might know, Adam. 
I don't off the top of my head, but I would assume they would have some kind of sports psychologist, yeah. if not on staff, then available to the players, just because, yeah. especially at the moment, just yeah. with the with everything that's going on <laughs> in the world, it would make complete sense. Um, it yes. would. It ben, would ben Chilwell as well. I wouldn't be surprised if he's just a bit knackered. Yeah, and again, Frank... he's injury as well. You know, early in the season, the ankle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Frank Frank obviously was playing him every game because he yeah. didn't trust Emerson and. Alonso was persona non grata. Well, so, um, yeah. so I think maybe it's just a bit of tiredness of Chilwell because he has played a lot of football in yeah. the space of four months. Well, like I said, I think he did a great uh, pass to uh, to Werner for the goal against United. I like I like Chilwell. Um, so there you go. Um, right, okay. Alan Rivero, email number six. Tricky though, isn't it, Chid? We, we like all like Chilwell, but I think Alonso is a better. Um, a better striker, if you want to put it, when he plays in the three. Yeah, he is. He is indeed. Right, Alan Rivero. Un- Hi, Uncle Chidge, kiddo, Mixler family, and esteemed colleagues of the show. Try not to laugh too hard at this idea, but since we believe that Tuchel was in the was the club's, i.e. Marina's target as coach before Sarri, do you think it's possible that Tuchel and the club remained in touch over the past year and the signings of Timo and Kai were his all along it is it's a tinfoil hat kind of idea i love a tinfoil hat kind of idea alan you know i'm a sucker for that uh, but this club i love is starting to surprise me less and less love you guys and the show keep the blue flag flying high carefree in san diego alan rivero i think i think this this is definitely within the not because you wear a tinfoil hat adam but you might know <laughs> stuff that we don't so um do you think there's a possibility in that no no. Largely because Thomas Tuchel was in charge of PSG in the summer still uh, and was trying to win the Champions League with Paris Saint-Germain. So I don't think he would have been trying to uh, mastermind Chelsea's transfer business. Well, OK, but put it around another way, right? I mean, I agree with you. I mean, apart from anything else, I'm not allowed to talk to him while he's the manager yes. of another club. And there are rules. There really are rules about that. But it, I think it was... I can't remember who revealed it. You might remember better than me. But it definitely got revealed that they'd, they'd interviewed Tuchel before they appointed Sarri, yeah. and they really wanted him, and he actually quite liked the idea of coming to us, and then so, so, something happened, and I forget now what it was that meant he didn't come. So a big may, fucking bag of cash from PSG. It may, may well have been, may well have, <laughs> funny, Martin, it could well have been that. But the bottom line is, I, th- I don't think it's inconceivable that the club kind of thought, I, I'm now beginning to warm to the idea that Frank was always a stopgap, they didn't really want him as manager, it suited their purposes at the time, blah, 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 blah. we all read about it, yada, yada, yada. So I think at the back of their mind, they kind of thought, well, we will we, we will get Tuchel to the club. You know, that, that I think they really felt they would. So given that, that kind of brings a little bit of sense to the Timo and Kai signings, does it not? And Pulisic, there's, maybe? There's, there's, yeah, there's a, probably a, a logic in the sense of I do think that Chelsea, I don't know if they didn't plan to, to go the whole three years with Frank and it just went bad. I kind of had a suspicion that they would give him till this summer and then change him anyway, unless he did something spectacular. But it's the club at the end of the day who have signed players. It has been like that for a while. It's those above the the head coach, I should say, who are dictating transfer policy. I think uh, it was obviously Liam uh, Liam at the Athletic. There was a piece, so it was mentioned in that that never heard of him, Adam. Honestly, <laughs> he's a, he's the the young man that Frank Lampard unfortunately took a disliking to at the end. That was a really unfair, I thought. I have to. Say. It was. It was very unfair. Yeah. Liam's a very a very good journalist, and a very he's good a big guy. Friend of our show, mate. Um, as you know. Yes. Yeah, so 
I do. Th I think it was a uh, yeah. It was reported in the Athletic that Ziyech, Chilwell, and Timo were Lampard signings, and that Havertz was very much a club signing. Which kind of it isn't a surprise to me that I think have again much like Werner. I don't think Chelsea really expected to get Havertz. They wanted him sure. They'd been monitoring him sure. But the fact that the, of the COVID pandemic basically rendered Barcelona, Real Madrid mute in the transfer market, and Bayern Munich had went all out for Sané. It kind of opened up for Chelsea to get Havertz, and they went, "Okay, well, we can do this." And he's very, very good, so let's just do it. Mm. Um, and then we'll work it out after that, yeah. which I think is again, it's similar to Werner. I don't think, in my own, in my heart of hearts, I don't believe Chelsea fully expected to get Werner. I think everyone else expected him to go to Liverpool. Then Liverpool pulled out of it, and suddenly Chelsea had an opportunity. So I think it's two opportunities that Chelsea took, and then I think there's a German journalist who pretty much confirmed that. Oh, side okay. of it that it was Liverpool just couldn't make the numbers up money wise and that was the end of the matter for them yeah so I do think Chelsea probably would have changed head coach and this is my opinion it's not fact I do think Chelsea would have changed head coach in the summer no matter what unless Frank had delivered the Premier League or Champions League and then yeah and then yeah they probably would have gone German just because they do seem to be they do seem to be leaning into the Bundesliga at the moment um with Pulisic They've done this before. They, they go flavour of the month. It was all like small Spanish technicians a few years ago and they wanted coaches who could do that and they realised it wasn't going to work and they reverted back to Jose for a second time. Now it looks yeah. like they're doing the same thing with German coaches and high pressing and et cetera, et cetera. We'll see how it works. I do think it's probably the way to go, to be fair, to the club. I do think you look at Jose now. Jose, Jose's done. Jose's time at the top is over and I do think there's a very there's very much a need to have a proactive head coach in charge of a football club at this point. You can't be reactive like Mourinho because you see what happens. Uh, exactly. As Jason Cundy, Cundy says of him, special wants. Ouch. Which, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit, I know. Isn't it? it's, I know. Well, no, but it's like, it's, know. you know, we, we, we knew how good he was. It's like when he managed our team in his prime and you just, you see, you know, I don't know whether I, I don't know whether it's the fact he's in lockdown. You're not supposed to go out the barbers, etc. But he just, he just looked like a drowned dog on Thursday. The, the, the weather. He didn't looked like help. something out of Father oh. Ted. I thought. <laughs> God, yeah. He did, didn't he? Really. Anyway, uh, somebody who never ever looks like anybody from Father Ted ever. Actually, I would say, apart from maybe a young Dougal, is Mister Jonathan Kidd. That was kind from, uh, from from Magic Roundabout. No, from Father Ted. Oh, I thought you meant Google from Magic no, Roundabout. No, no, no. Okay. Deary me, that was almost a compliment. He's so a fine-looking man, Ardlo Ardlo Hanlon, or whatever his name is. So I was on the same bill as him once. I thought you might have been. Yeah, very funny man. I came third. It was Did a you? competition. He was. Does that? Did you put that on your CV? I came third to Ardlo Hanlon once. Funnily enough, no. No. Yeah, he's a big Leeds fan. Is he? Yeah, dirty Leeds. We thought he'd be a um, uh, somebody in the south of Ireland. Um, Man United. <laughs> Barcelona fan. That's right, it would be Man United. I, be I believe he's Barcelona as well. Right, we got an email. An email. We've got a, an email from, <laughs> from the lovely Loz Barnes, who's actually in Mixler as we speak. So be Loz careful Barnes. what you Loz, say. Loz, we love you, Loz. We do. Uh, morning, chaps. Well, the joy of a Super Bowl is the ads. Give plenty of time to drop a line. Uh, oh, I see. Oh, I see what you mean. I thought you were talking about drugs for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even fucking thinking of them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Go 
point of whatever you're on, JK. <laughs> I mean, I know the Super Bowl oh, was one-sided, but it weren't that bad. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Oh, it was. Oh, oh, god. Oh, anyway. Yeah. What about the the halftime bloke? The weekend. Oh, so I, I don't watch the halftime show. I turn it off. For goodness, we, I didn't watch it. Get on with the email. It's already <laughs> quarter, so quarter past nine. I have to go to bed tonight. I know. I know. I know. And there's an E. Why does he spell his name W E E K N D? Maybe he dropped the line as well. Yeah, well, he must have done. He dropped a, 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 a letter. I sent a, anyway, um, uh, joy of a Super Bowl is the ads give plenty of time to drop a line to you. First, want to give a big up to the pre, to a big up, a big up to the preview shows. Just keep bet, getting better and better, and love the opposition view. I agree, fantastic. Opposition view, better than us. Quality chap, simple as. Now, after the boredom, angry outbursts on Discord and the sheer boredom of three points yesterday. Time to reflect a little, a tittle on TT. Please, we're back in the hunt. Please mount whenever just be Lampard's son anymore. Werner as well is growing again. Really good for him. Okay. I could list off the players who fell back to what had been normal service under lamps. Yeah, I agree. But sure, that will be covered by many, especially my, well, uh, yeah. So where is Tommy the Wonder Coach? When he arrived, oh no, hang on, that's not fair. He's only been there. <laughs> Four games, what's the matter? Where's Tommy the Wonder Coach? When he arrived, I heard lots of him changing formations, scouting the opposition, etc. What did we see? The fourth game of the same formation, few players shuffled, and when the Blades pressed his plan out of his boots, well, really nothing bar a few changes in personnel okay it's early days he should be given some time bloody hell yeah but if we see the same formation with player shuffles aren't we back to the accusation against frank's team wilder won the coaching battle luckily we managed to win the war just welcome to the epl tommy time to sharpen up sterner tests are coming let's see how ingenious you can be i've got my fingers crossed on another on another note dazn gets me italian league games so i watch tamori again bossing for ac milan oh yeah Good, good question. If they buy him, I'll be devastated because with Silver and Dave to mentor him, he'd be a huge part of the team. I hope not to experience uh, the might have beens for him like I do for Salah de Bruyne et al. We've rolled the dice on Milan's finances. I hope we're right. Thanks for building this community. Adds a whole new level to match days and my weekly listening. Keep the blue flag flying high. Loz, Loz, great point about this community. I love it because there is a community and we communicate with them. You need to get into Discord on a match day, JK. I know I should. I must. They're all there. They all I'm, ask I, about you. I've got it. I know. I Actually, can... they're all rude about you behind your back, but they all no, ask I about you. They are. As, are, as are you, Chidge. So <laughs> never, never, ever, ever. <laughs> He's rude about you to your face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, I don't ever knife people in the back. I knife them in the front. You should know that by now. No, you should get in there. It's great fun. It really is. It's really civilized, not like Twitter. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, I hardly tweet during match days. I've got a couple of WhatsApps. I'm on. I'm, I'll try and do Discord as well. Yeah, he's in his posh WhatsApp groups, Loz. Sorry, I am. They're all they're all barristers. I, know. I can't believe it. Better One's class of people than the One's likes of you and me, Loz. Sir. One's a, a psychologist, sir. It, uh, but I bet oh, I I'm a psychologist. The... Well, yeah, close. Not, yeah, you're not a sir. Though, yes, but I have got a title. What, 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 what is it, Chid? He said fishing. No, I'm not telling you. Oh, okay. Your Highness, to to you. Oh, thank you. Yes, of course. I yes, I I grovel. Yeah. Um, what? Anything else you want to talk about in that? Well, um, I just thought I thought uh, Loz made a good point. Fair. Fourth game, fourth game. Come on, Loz. No, I think I, I, yeah, but he kind of he kind of reeled that back. I think the really interesting point that he makes is about Tamori. 
Now, here's the yeah. thing, Adam. My understanding of the Tomori situation is that, you know, Chelsea are quite a clever football club, love, love them or loathe them. They are quite clever in their negotiations and their dealings. And they pitched Tomori's sell-on fee for more than Milan are likely to be able to afford. And I think it's interesting that the, the news came out from somewhere today that uh, Massaro and, uh, and uh, oh God, I'm having a brain for Maldini are trying to get a discount already, which kind of tells me that they can't afford 25 million quid. Am I right? Uh, probably not at this point. It does kind of depend, I guess, where they finish at the end of the season. They're in a pretty good position they're, right they're now. They're top. They're top um, of Serie A at the moment. Yeah, so if they do finish top or if they do finish in the Champions League positions, then they will get a bit of cash from that. Um, so I hope that Chelsea have pitched it right in the sense of I would quite like to see Tamori at, back at Chelsea. I'd like, I'd like to think he'd be really effective in the back three. Uh, but I guess Chelsea may be looking at the fact they've got Mark Gurhey. And Mark Gurhey has been very, very good for Swansea this season. And I know it's a championship, but he has been seriously impressive and is equally as potentially good as Tomori. So maybe Chelsea is looking at it longer term and saying, well, we can't afford to have, we can't keep both of these guys happy. So let's let one go now and maybe get a bit of cash room. Sounds like a Reese James Tariq Lamptey situation all over again. Yeah, and I'd be interested to see what happens with Tino yeah, Livramento coming you know, through in that respect as well. Why can't they just get rid of Christensen, Rudiger, uh, and Silver won't last forever, and then they can have Gay and Tamori? Because nobody wanted to buy Christensen and Rudiger, whereas somebody wanted to take Tamori. I'll drive the taxi to the airport. <laughs> well, I think the one person who wanted to buy Rudiger was Thomas Tuchel. So. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll watch this space, but uh, it'll be interesting. It'd be a great shame if Tamori uh, drops through the the radar, I, I would, or the the net slips through the net. Get my bloody metaphors right, anyway. Uh, last email of the evening, uh, and I'm sorry for the gents here. It's a bit of a protracted evening, thanks to my memory card issues. Uh, last email of the evening, Simon Walters. He says, "Hi, Chidge, Jonathan, and other legendary Chelsea fancast podders." My emails are normally based on memories of Chelsea or bigging up the players, etc. However, this email is just a pure thank you to the fancast. It was tough for all of us in our own individual ways when Frank was sacked, but the show has provided a safe outlet for everyone to share their well-thought-out opinions on the matter. Many agree, many we agree with and many we disagree with. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. No one gets shut down. This is not the Arsenal fancast, where, to use the famous Mr Glover quote, it's just constant nappy shitting every time the shit hits the fan. No, we're Chelsea, and it's just been amazing you give, you're, you giving a voice to the listeners so we can hear Chelsea fans from all over the globe and their thoughts on the club. In a world where we cannot go to the pub or to the bridge and chat endless shit about Chelsea with other like-minded people, the podcast has essentially become our pub, and we're all the regulars. Thank you so much for all the hard work as always, and up the Chelsea! Cheers, Simon. Well, if 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 the Chelsea fancast is the pub, is a pub, and we're all regulars, I'm the landlord. <laughs> I, I I feel an Al Murray moment coming here, perhaps. And we're all barred. You're barred, son. Yes. What was the, what did they say? Last orders at the bar. Ain't you got no homes to go to? Uh, sadly, we have, and I've kind of ruined their evening by my technical problem. But after this very short break, we will be doing a very quick preview of the Barnsley uh, Cup match on Thursday night.
Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Uh, right, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Chen Stanford Chidge. He down there is Jonathan Kidd. Yep. Him up there is Martin Wickham. And of course, we've got the lovely uh, Adam Newson from Football. London, who I can exclusively reveal. He said this to me, and I was so, I was, I, honestly, he t- probably doesn't realise this, but I was, I'm, I'm in view of that last email that we had from Simon, I was incredibly flattered by this when Adam told me, oh, but Chidge, Chidge, um, you know, I, I've listened to the Fancast. I couldn't believe it, Adam. <laughs> well, you know, Chelsea fan. It was inevitable, shortly. When did you start listening? Oh, God. Uh, that's a good question. I've been listening on and off probably for three, four years. Wow. Because I started a job where I had to drive up to Milton Keynes yeah. every day, or at least twice, uh, or at least three or four times a week. So I would. Uh, it's about 45 minutes from where I live, so I'd listen to half on the way up and the other half on the way back usually well, there you go. so i mean we, we got quite good by then i think we'd had like six yeah. years hang on eight years practice by then so what did you think of it yeah i know it's very much like that last email it's nice to just have uh it felt it felt very nice to have that sort of space where they always just chelsea fans talking about chelsea without yeah. without really there being any bickering or pointless <laughs> apart from apart from tonight <laughs> well no, no. <laughs> We let him down, J.K. What can I say? We I let, let him I, down. No, Chidge, you let him down. No, <laughs> nasty bickering. Like as mentioned, there are some there are some platforms where it can become quite nasty, as you mentioned, Twitter. Mm. So in that respect, it's nice to to have a, a, an outlet that sort of doesn't doesn't shout down people, even if you disagree with them. Yeah, I mean the thing is, Adam, I set this up because I wanted to basically take the, what we do in the pub and, and broadcast it. And and that and my, my I have a golden rule, unless you're an esteemed journalist like yourself, which is if you want to be a regular on this podcast, you need to have drunk beer with me before or after a match, preferably both. And that's how you get on. I don't care who you are, how famous you are, how many bloody followers you have. If you've not had a beer with me at a game, then you're not on the show because that is the point. And we're all friends. We're all we really are all friends. And that's perhaps why it comes across the way that it does. But Really what did you uh, what did you make of Thomas Tuchel saying he's not a beer guy? Um, well, I don't mind. Other alcohol is available. He, he did say, he did say gin. That's, I uh, like gin too. It's okay. Yeah. I love champagne. Uh, 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 I'm famous for liking champagne, mate. I don't care. I'll have a drink with him. I don't care what he drinks. Alex, Alex likes gin, doesn't she? We let her on. Alex loves her gin, and I love yeah. Alex, and I love Alex drinking gin. Yeah, uh, there are, I, I love any combination of gin and Alex, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's about time she was on. I can't remember when she's on, on, on later in the schedule, but there you go. Right, I know we're late, and I really apologise for it. Let's do a quick preview of the Barnsley game. I'm sure we can rattle through this. Um, I think the, the key thing, really, it being a cup game, um, he's likely, and he will be aware, of course, that we humped them 6-0 earlier in the in the season, the Caribou Cup. But the, the the thing with Tuchel at the moment, we all thought, was, well, what's he going to play? What system is he going to play? What team is he going to play? But I do think that this is an interesting one because it might afford him the opportunity to try a different formation and certainly try a few different personnel. Now, my if he's going to change it completely, I'm I'm interested in what ha- in, in the following: Will he play Kante and Gilmore in the two rather than Jorginho and Kovacic, for example? Will Zuma just let let me let me run through it and then we'll we'll comment afterwards? Will Will Zuma 
get a game in, in the centre of the three, if he plays a three? Will Reese come into the right of the three instead of Aspie? Will Emerson play as a, as a left wing back? This is, of course, it all presupposes that he does play 3-4-2-1 or 3-4-1-2. Um, what about Havertz and Pulisic? I mean, Havertz scored a hat-trick against Barnsley earlier in the season, as we know. Will he play Tammy up front? Now, I'm going to ask um, Adam first, because he's probably got some juice on this, and then we can all have a chat about it. Adam? Uh, I don't, I'm afraid, at this point. Damn it! Uh, and, and it is. It has been quite hard at this, because, you know, we do a predicted lineup uh, uh for Football London, and it has been a case of almost spinning a bit of a roulette wheel and guessing the names that are going to come on to this team. Because, yeah, I mean, he, he, may, he may try a different formation. I kind of think he won't, just because that would require probably a bit more work than sticking with the formation they've been working on for the best part of two weeks. Um, I think Kante might play just because he needs to improve his fitness. He has looked a little bit rusty in the last two games. Hopefully Billy does get a run out as well because, you know, we would like to see that. Zuma, I imagine, will play as well. Reese in the back three is something I'd actually quite like to see. I think people uh, say he played there for the youth teams at points and could do a very good job. Uh, Emerson may play. He's one of the few who hasn't uh, actually had a chance yet under Tuchel. Uh, Havertz is still, I don't know if he'll be fit. He's not been fit for the last two games. He picked up an injury in training last week. Pulisic, I imagine, will feature at some stage because he will be fresh, having not played against uh, Sheffield United. Uh, just to note, Hakim Ziyech has been completely forgotten about. He hasn't played the last three games now, which I find quite surprising. Um, so maybe he'll get some game time. And yes, hopefully Tammy does play because I don't think Tammy's had a fair crack at the whip yet under Thomas Tuchel. He had those 45 minutes against Burnley didn't do brilliantly admittedly but hopefully he will get another chance to prove himself mm. um, do you think that something might happen where he'd actually think some of these players don't work in his setup or they don't convince him in training and yet there's uh, star, star names or will he will he really rotate regardless I think there will come a point where he works out who he does and doesn't want going yeah, forward yeah. Um, but I think it'll probably be a bit too soon to say that now um, but yeah, you know, the, there are going to be players come the summer who do depart because I do think he is going to make decisions. And I, I, I am concerned for Tammy, largely because Chelsea keep being linked with Erling Haaland. And I don't think they're going to get Erling Haaland because that would be one of the greatest pieces of business Chelsea pull off in recent memory. But it does sound a bit ominous that they're looking for another striker. The, Bor- um, the Borussia Dortmund chap that I spoke to the other week thinks that we've got the best chance of getting Haaland than anybody. Really? Yeah, he thinks Fair so. Play. I'm, if he, I'm sure he's closer to it than I am. Yeah. I just think I think Dortmund are going to want astronomical money because the release clause in his contract, contract becomes active the summer after next. So they're going to go either, well, if you want to get him out of this a year early, you're going to have to pay and you're going to have to pay a lot. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of other big big clubs interested in Haaland who are probably willing to pay him a hell of a lot more than yeah. Chelsea would be. Real Madrid, Barcelona can't. Yeah, no, yeah, that's Liverpool the only probably inter- can't. The only people really are United. City have been linked with him as well. City, of course, which, yeah, yeah, because obviously Aguero is out of contract at the end of this season. Mm. They look Gabriel Jesus or Gabriel Jesus hasn't quite lived up to what he showed early on so maybe City will go big for him mm. um, but yeah the fact that Chelsea, but the fact that Chelsea seem to be looking for another striker is of concern to me for Tammy longer term mm. is because... that in the wind then that's that's that, that's rumbling along that story is it yeah and I think if if you're Tammy and you're you're 23 let's say let's say Chelsea do pull off the Haaland deal 
Haaland's 20, Tammy's 23. Haaland's going to come in and be that striker for Chelsea for 10 years. What, yeah. what, what, what use is it? Not to be harsh. I like Tammy. I think Tammy does a lot of good things. But if you're Tammy and you see this lad coming who's younger than you and who's going to be first choice, surely for him, that's like, well, I need to go. I need to go and play. Because I think Tammy could be a very competent Premier League striker for a lot of clubs in this division. He he does look a bit ungainly at times and his long limbs can look a bit (laughs) awkward. But, you know, too many people focus on what Tammy doesn't necessarily do that well and ignore what he does do very well. And I don't think there's a more natural finisher in this Chelsea squad than Tammy. Yeah. Even again, if he does look a bit... Uh, when he scores there. goals, Adam. Yeah, yeah. he's always he always has done. Yeah. Go, right, go back to the youth teams. Yeah. He's always scored goals. And yeah, he might not be brilliant at certain things, but he will guarantee you... Well, I think he's on to what? 11, 12 goals already yeah. this season? He's our top scorer. So. Interesting. Well, that's one to watch, isn't it? Um, Martin, you know, who do you fancy... Getting a start on uh, Thursday night up in, um, up in the freezing north. Oh, yeah. Um, see if we can do it on a freezing cold night yeah. in Yorkshire again. <laughs> I don't necessarily agree with Emerson playing. I think Chilwell's been so well rested recently. You put him back in if you want to give Alonso, Alonso a rest. I'd like to see Zuma playing in the three. I'd like to see Reece playing in midfield if it was at all possible. I think he's got far more scope to play there, but I've been banging that drum for a while. Um, agree with everything that's been said thus far on Tammy. Um, I like him. Um, I'd like to see him get his chance because um, games like this are made for him to score. He just he gets the scrappy goals that you need in some of these games, and I think he does it quite well. He doesn't seem to lack for, lack for confidence either, which I think you can. Which I think he's good. We also not mention Hudson Adoy. I'm assuming would be putting him back in for this game, would we? Well, he started, you know, most of Tuchel's games, so we'll see, won't we? Yeah. I don't know. JK, what do you reckon, mate? Um, yeah, I, I, it, it would be a good opportunity, wouldn't it, to, to try and play a different system. Mm. Um, Kante uh, and, and Gilmore have got to start in the two for me if he plays 3 4 two, say, isn't that, It's a double six, isn't it, Chidge, rather than a two? Well, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm trying to be... Tuchel-like here. Come on, you know, it's what he, how he talks. Um, no, he doesn't. Uh, he, he would talk more like that, I think. Oh, sorry, I forgot. Yes, speak he's like German. That, yes, got his German. Yes, he's of course. a trainer yes, and he's looking good. <laughs> Come on, Chich, more, 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 more. He has to win at Chelsea and that's understood. He <laughs> <Sorry>. could, actually. <laughs> um, uh, I don't want Emerson to ever play again. Uh, I'd rather he did. <laughs> Whatever for any club ever, yeah, any club ever. No, I'll sell him for a huge amount of money and then never play again. Um, even a tower somewhere. <laughs> I'd like Havertz to play just because he needs to score. He's not. Um, he's probably not. He's not fit, mate. I don't think. At the moment, he's playing like Fotherington Thomas in How to Be Top. Hello trees, hello sky. Um, uh, that's why that's a bit of an obscure, obscure. Uh, uh, literary reference and Pulisic just needs to play as much as possible because he's not the player he was um uh yeah Zuma obviously needs to play because he's been injured and um um and yeah uh, but it, it depends what we know the system might change he, he might try he might try a four in which case it, 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 it we'll, we'll see a couple of players sneak in who haven't been there who've been playing regularly I mean um We'll have a no, it depends better. how he assesses, you know, how, how he assesses the cup. How he is, if if he's the if he's the analyzer of opposition that we know he is, he'll have seen they're not very good and they're a division below. So he might play, uh, 
he might give um, he might give another youth the go. I doubt it though. I think he'll just try and play the players who haven't been playing much recently. We'll definitely have a yeah. We'll have a better idea obviously after he does his presser on uh, on I think it's yeah. Wednesday. Mm. Um, but one player who I would probably like to see involved in some capacity is Tino Andrew. Mm. He's been with the first team squad now for quite a long time. He's been training with them for the best part of at least three months. So yeah, we saw him against Morecambe. Hopefully he can uh, get another sort of appearance under his belt because I think he has a lot of potential actually to be very very good for Chelsea if if given a chance. Um, if you say if you watch the under twenty threes, he has far far outgrown that level. Um, I think in a game against United, Chelsea played before Christmas. He just bullied people. He is he is a first team player in waiting. I think at Chelsea, so hopefully he can get some game time or at least be involved in some capacity in the squad. He take players on in the way that he does in the under-23s. Because the time he did play, he didn't take anybody on at all. And it's the same thing Adoy suffered from when he first came in. It's that weird thing, they make the transition and they just don't take the players on that they've been doing in the lower level. Yeah, hopefully. I think Tino, I think it's interesting that he did, he he made the decision not to go out on loan in January. Yeah. There yeah. were lots of clubs interested in Tino. Um but he's made the decision to stay. He wants to learn from Tuchel. He wants to try and get into the Chelsea picture, which from his point of view is probably a good thing to do at this point because in the summer, obviously, we're going to have Ruben Loftus-Cheek come back. We're going to have Ross Barkley come back. We're going to have Conor Gallagher come back. So to be in Tuchel's mind is probably going to be quite important mm -hmm. come the summer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of good young players at Chelsea and I'm not sure how easy it would be for Tuchel to call one of them up, say for Barnsley, just because of the bubbles, the first team bubble and yeah. the academy bubble probably prohibits him going, oh, we'll bring two, three of the academy lads with us to Barnsley just because I don't think it's that simple anymore, sadly. And I think it plays into his game plan at the moment, which is to check out you know, his first team squad and find out who can do what for him. So I have you right there, Adam. Um, here's a question. Given that Let's be really honest here. We're not likely to knock Atletico Madrid out of the Champions League and we're not going to win the title this year, in all honesty. How important is it? In fact, actually, I'll rephrase this. You know, does Tuchel have to win the FA Cup this year? I don't think he has to, just because it's a cup competition and, you know, we know the randomness of that. But I think Chelsea should be definitely going for it um, unless they kind of fall out of the top four picture again. Um Sorry, unless they are very much in the top four picture and it needs to take priority. But, you know, why not? This Chelsea team is deep enough. The squad's deep enough. The team is good enough. They should be competing for, for a trophy. Although it would be a little bit disappointing if uh, if they got to an FA Cup final, seeing as what happened to under Frank, if Chelsea got to an FA Cup final and won this time, there would very be mixed feelings, I am guess, for a lot of people. Well, I don't front. know, no, mate. If we win the FA Cup, I'll be absolutely delighted. Okay, because it's, because it's winning the FA Cup, and ultimately, you know, as I said, I love Frank to pieces, but what's gone is gone. There's nothing I can do about that. Must Arsenal been knocked out, so we've got a better yeah. shot. And if Chelsea go and win a trophy, it's what it's all about. Uh, but the question is, boys, will they? Will they? Um, obviously, we beat them six 0 in the Caribou Cup in September. God, it seems a long time ago, doesn't it? Havertz scored that fabulous hat trick. Silver, Silver, and Chilwell made their debuts in that match. The interesting thing about that was that Frank made eight changes from the previous game, and yet the side, I think, was still really, really strong. So it'll be interesting what Tuchel does there. Burnley are currently sitting 12th in the championship. Uh, their only wins in the last seven games have been in the FA Cup. So they've they've drawn their last two, 0-0 and 2-2 against away at Forest and uh, 
at home against uh, Cardiff. Uh, they beat Norwich 1-0 in the Cup. They lost 1-0 away to Watford in the Championship. They lost 2-0 at home to Swansea in the Championship. And they beat uh, Tranmere 2-0 in the FA Cup. So I wouldn't say their form is too great. Martin earlier on was absolutely spot on. Their, their home match against Derby on Saturday was uh, postponed because the pitch was waterlogged. Now, if you lot, as I know you do, go back to 2008, when a very strong team that included both Frank Lampard and John Terry, as I recall, uh, played Barnsley in uh, in March, actually. It was on the 8th of March in the FA Cup under Avram Grant. The pitch was like a cabbage patch. I mean, it was it was like a pitch redolent of the worst pitches in the 1970s. It's a horrible away game. Chelsea fans got literally kettled inside a barn for ages. They were horrible to us. And, and we we lost 1-0 to some... I can't even remember the guy's name now. But we lost 1-0. Was it Brian Howard, was it? No, no, no. It was um, an African-sounding name. I can't even begin to pronounce it. But uh, anyway, it was a horrible experience. Um, you can't really see that happening again. Although I have to say, JK, the fact that they got the pitch waterlogged on Saturday, that worries me a bit. They've had some snow up in Yorkshire, won't well, they? Well, it'll, it'll have been postponed. Or uh, um, mind how that's too far north, isn't it? It'll have been Judy. <laughs> but it was. It'll be. Hey, by gum, lad, it's Barnsley. It's, it's Barnsley. Barnsley. It'll be. Or alternatively, they'll have to play in a light covering of snow with an orange ball. Like, uh, no, a light dusting. A yeah, light a dusting, dusting, a dusting of dusting, snow. Right. Dusting. Dusting. At least we'll see the lines, like in Tromso. Aye. What's it like to play on grass? We should we, we would be singing if we were in fact able to be there. But there you go. There might be a problem, Martin, though. I mean, obviously you were concerned about it because you remembered it. Yeah, it just came up that, that the game was waterlogged, called off, etc. I can't imagine it's got any drier up there. So it's less a concern about it, you know, affecting the result as affecting there even being a game on. Um, like us, Barnsley have also changed manager mid-season. Oh, no, Struber. Struber has gone, No, has Struber, he? no. Gerhard Struber. Valerian Ishmael is in charge. Oh, that's a shame. I thought it would be yeah. a, a meeting of the German. I think maybe Struber was Austrian, actually, wasn't he? he was, I think he was Austrian, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a shame. I liked him. Oh, well, say la vie. So, uh, Barnsley could have a manager bounce. Is that what you're trying to tell us? Well, I don't know. I think he's taken over, took over a while back. All right, so, fair enough. Doesn't look like they have one now, but... At the same time, the win over Norwich could probably be considered a minor upset, so you never know. Bottom line is, my my thoughts are that Barnsley will be well aware that they got humped stupid 6-0 when they came to Stamford Bridge. That will be playing on their minds. But it's really, I mean, I I know we should all be sitting there going, yeah, we'll win 3-4-5-0, of course we will, what you're worried about. We don't know who he's going to pick. We don't know what system he's going to pick. He's probably going to pick a lot of players that haven't played. Mind you, that might be a good thing because they might be up for it. But it is a horrible pitch. It's a, it's it's got that classic ring about it, hasn't it, of an FA Cup tie where you don't want to go Thursday night. Horrible pitch, might get lumps kicked out of us. So I I you know I really don't know what to say with this apart from the fact I'm just going to be sensible and say that Chelsea should thoroughly beat Barnsley on Thursday night by three or four. Adam. Yes, I. To be honest, I'm not that fussed as long as Chelsea win and they do it in 90 minutes, and I don't have to sit for extra time. Ah, you're going to be cold. there, aren't you? <laughs> yes, I will be. I've checked the Met Office. It says it's going to feel like minus eight. Oh, I do not no. want 30 minutes extra time. So Chelsea one nil win. Don't care as long as they win and it's done in 90 minutes. That's yeah. fine by me. Yeah. Um, 
And I've just remembered it's Cody Odijay, wasn't it? Who scored against it Chelsea was, in 2008. It was. It was. Um, but yes, no, as long as it's done in 90 minutes and Chelsea win, that's all I'm that fussed yeah. about, to be honest. Professional hit hitman job. Get in, get, <laughs> do, get in, do the job, get out, get home. Don't blame me there, mate, at all. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll all be we'll thinking be about you. Yeah, we'll, we'll be, be we'll be worried about you getting too cold. And Martin, what are you going for? I'm going to say 2-0 uh, Chelsea. 2-0 Chelsea. Jonathan? Uh, I don't think it'll be played on Thursday. Really? Can't. Why? Be cancelled. Be too. Um, it, it'll be either frozen or um, or waterlogged. Okay. So, you, you, so what does, uh, what happens then? Does that mean we get a bye? I uh, don't think so. We'd have to be rescheduled. I think. Uh, rescheduled. Um, that would be a pain. I think, was it was it not called off at the weekend because it was chucking it down and there was standing water yeah. rather than rather than so hopefully if it, there's not a absolute rainstorm before it hopefully should go ahead yeah well in which case it'll be completely waterlogged so it'll be 1-1 and we win on penalties don't okay. say that <laughs> frightening all right so we're not quite sure what jk's predicting either somewhere between null and void and a 1-1 draw going to penalties i'm, I'm sticking my neck out i'm going to say we're going to win by three or four Simple as, all right? Let's hope we do. That's all we've got time for this week. JK and I will return on Friday with Mark Meehan and uh, good old Mark, who's been in Mixler tonight, in fact, and Sam Incasol. Uh, what, what do we call... Would that be stable partner? Is that how they describe journalists who write for the same thing? <laughs> Esteemed colleague. Este- okay, no, that, that actually, you're right. That sounds much better. Sam is <laughs> obviously not a horse. You know, that was, that, that was the clue, wasn't it, really, Adam? Anyway, yeah, Sam Incasol from Football.London. He's joining us, uh, Mark Meehan, JK and myself, for the preview show on Friday, which is, of course, 7 o'clock live on Mixler, and we'll be looking back at the Barnsley match, unless it's being called off, as Jonathan suspects it will be. And, of course, we'll be looking ahead to Monday night's match against Newcastle. Now, due to the Newcastle match being on Monday night, that means we'll be back next Tuesday for the Chelsea Fancast, reviewing the very same match. And JK and myself will be joined by Dan Silva and possibly one other... We'll see. Now, don't forget to check out Dean Mears's uh, Went to Mo Kings Meadow podcast on the Chelsea FC women's team, which will be due out tomorrow night. Of course, they lost at the weekend to Brighton, which is highly unlike them. So Dean will probably be very sad. Uh, but anyway, don't let that stop you. It's a great podcast. Uh, the Chelsea Fancast is available as a podcast on ChelseaFancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud and Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors. Talking of which, you can also find it on uh, the CFC Blues app, along with lots of other podcasts too. And they tell you how to get that right here. For Chelsea fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Chelsea videos and podcasts. Download the free CFC Blues app now from the App Store and Google Play. Now, Patreon. Uh, first of all, massive thank you to everybody. I mean, loads of people are signing up to Patreon, which is really beautiful of you. It makes me love you even more than is humanly possible. So there you go. So if you want to help me cover the cost of doing all the shows, la 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 la. Uh, and I mean, more importantly, actually, it's a great bunch of people on there. And uh, occasionally we do a bit of premium content. No, we don't do premium content. It's the same old crap. It's just that we do it exclusively for Patreon people, like Q&As and stuff like that. But, I mean, the, I think the real thing is it, it entitles you automatically to a Kerry Dixon mini banner, 
but also uh, you get uh, you get to join our Discord group, which is great fun, as we were saying earlier on, actually. Good people in there on a match day. And actually all week, just chatting about Chelsea, having a bit of a laugh. So there you go. So bung us a few quid a month. No pressure. Don't have to at all. I still love you anyway if you don't. But if you do want to, it's patreon.com forward slash Chelsea fancast. And finally, uh, your emails, which we love. We love to get your emails or Patreon messages or Instagram posts or tweets, which we'll happily read out on the show. Get them in by Sunday and the email address is chelseafancast at gmail.com and the preeminent voiceover artiste of his generation will read them out. And well, who so, are you getting in? And so, and so will JK. But on tush! But there you go. Now, JK and I love reading them out, so there you go. Now, you can follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Martin at Martin underscore Wickham, and Adam. Ad- is Adam underscore Newsom? No, it's just at Adam Newsom. Adam Newsom. Good for nice you. Nice and easy. Yeah, Adam Newsom. N E W S O N. And of course, check out Adam's great stuff on Football.London, the, the Chelsea bit of that. He, he writes some great stuff, as does Sam. So well worth following. You can avoid mine at the weekend. It's usually, <laughs> you know, I'm so, I t- I'm so glad I put that caveat in this weekend yeah. i'd have looked so stupid but there you go yeah but adam and sam do a great job they put my stuff up on the weekend it's i've kind of become a weekend columnist i kind of like that yeah no, it's, i know like uh, it's going well yeah good excellent stuff all right well thank you for your help mate i really appreciate it right boys time to go to bed i think uh for you lot i have to now sit up and try and make some sense out of this for the next hour or two but hey ho such is my life martin great to see you as always mate yeah likewise good to be here thanks for having me on pleasure Adam, what a fantastic debut. Sorry it's been a bit mental tonight, but uh, lovely to see you. That's perfectly all right. Very enjoyable evening. Thank you, guys. Well, we look, we'll see you on the Friday show soon enough, no doubt, but we look forward to getting you back on. The, but I, I, we enjoy doing the Monday show. It's a bit kind of loony. I like that. <laughs> Friday night's a bit more professional. This is really where it's at, you know. But anyway, it's great to see you, Adam. Thanks, as ever. JK. Chidge, I've got an idea. Oh. Cut the cut the first fifteen minutes. Start fifteen minutes in. Say you had a problem with the with the cars. I had and then a you... problem with one of the cars. They yeah, went yeah. a bit loony. <laughs> and then the card followed suit. <laughs> no, the yeah. timing will be fine. It's just oh whatever. And JK, brilliant to see you. you've been on fire tonight. Always a pleasure, mate. Oh, thank you, thank you. And yourself, you've been very witty, mostly at my expense. But <laughs> True. Harsh but fair. <laughs> All right, matey. Um, well, enjoy the match. Obviously, everybody on Thursday. Uh, I'll see you on Friday, JK. Mixler people, you've been long-suffering and absolutely lovely tonight, and I love you to pieces. We'll see you again on Friday too. So thank you for listening. See you next week. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, keep it chills. Up Not the chills! Das Leben kann hektisch sein. Warum nicht dem Alltag entfliehen und in die magische Welt von Evermerge eintauchen? Evermerge ist ein magisches Land, das mit jeder Entdeckung größer und besser wird. Werde ein Merge Master. Baue und sammle einzigartige Gegenstände oder verschönere deine eigene wundersame Welt. Im Land von Evermerge gibt es immer etwas zu tun. Evermerge. Jetzt kostenlos im App Store herunterladen.